gotta keep them separated. Welcome to the Yakuza Kick Radio Hot Tag Podcast Company. I'm your host, J-Cat Morris, as well as Shaheen over here. What's going on? Yep, what's going on, man? Chilling, man. Yeah, I'm over here. Uh, it's just you and I tonight. No box man. Yeah, no box man in the cut. Yeah, I figured uh, give him give some days off so I, I learn how to stream now. So uh, it'll just be you and I moving forward. Hopefully, I'll be streaming so we can give him some time off to relax. You know. Yeah, now we just got tap dancing pugs in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that that you always have, man. These uh these dickheads are always walking in the background, going crazy. You know? Yeah, man. Yeah, but uh, Jcat, ton of fucking topics some some main shit i don't think tonight uh will be a night where we have to hunt for any topics or you know nah. listener questions uh what do you want to do you want to get into gcw real quick um obviously jeremy and i did a thorough fucking review of it but uh, i thought i'd hit some main points that you'd probably be interested in you know we'll get into that but i think i really want to jump on this uh this Joey Janela Devin Moore thing right off the bat. It's the hottest topic out there. It's fucking lighting up the Facebook today. I got hit up from like four or five people at once. You know, I was in the gym before and suddenly I'm just getting instant messages of the same thing. People saying, this is sad. Oh, what the fuck? This, that. So I, I think it's only right that we, we jump on this right off the bat and, um, you know, maybe address, you know, what we're seeing here and thinking all of that shit, you know? Yeah, so, uh, well, you want to explain exactly what's happening with Joey Janela and, and Devin Moore? Well, basically, um, you know, Joey had, uh, you know, posted this thing over the weekend at, uh, I think it was the Hybrid Show, right? Um, at the Hybrid Show, um, apparently his wallet was stolen with uh, about $200 in it. Um, and then I think the owner of the company's money was stolen as well or something along yeah, those lines actually a couple people he uh he apparently got teddy hart he got a uh, facade he got mike the owner and he got janella shit so um you know he had pretty much said that you know it was one of the boys and this and that there's video footage and all of this stuff and um then today he dropped the the big bombshell that is devin moore and um that he gave him the opportunity to come forward on it. You know, he, he told him and showed him the video and said that, you know, look, we, we've seen what, what's going on. We know who it is, you know, come forward and admit to it and this and that. Um, and that didn't happen. So today he put out this whole thing that it's Devin Moore. And, uh, yeah, I, the video is definitely floating around. Um, I saw it. Shaheen saw it. Um, I actually, um, first thing I did was I hit up Devin Moore because, you know, he's a guy who I've talked to for years and years and years before I even knew he was a wrestler. At one point, um, I was going to CZW shows, you know, since 2001 and at one point in the arena, I was out back, I was, you know, waiting for ruckus cause we, we'd always hang, you know, before the shows intermission after the shows like ruckus has been, you know, one of my closest wrestling friends for a long, long time. I met him back in 2001, but that's besides the point. Um, and uh, th- this dude was just like, you waiting for Claude? 
and, and I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, cool, yeah. Yeah, I wrestle too, you know. Um, you know, and he introduced himself, and I forgot who the fuck he was until like years later. And uh, then when I saw him wrestling, I was like, oh, I know that dude. Yeah, I seen him around a long time ago. And, uh, you know, so I've always been cool with Dev. Dev's one of those dudes that, like, regardless of whether the show's good, bad, you know, anything, like, he, he's always got, you know, conversation to talk. You know, he, he he's always a good dude to talk to. He's, he's pretty straight up, always has been. And uh, I, I like Devin a lot. So the first thing I did is I hit him up because I'm like, you know, I mean, if some Sawad shit's going down with him where he's in a bad enough mind state to be doing this type of shit, I want to make sure he's all right, you know, because, uh, you know, anyone who knows and listens to the stuff that, you know, uh, I've said over the past, you know, a couple of months, especially the past year that I, I barely give a fuck about wrestling to begin with. So, um, you know, the couple of people who I've had connections with and, and really respected in the past, I, you know, I do really care, you know, what goes on with them. So, you know, with Devin, my first thing was like, you know, let me just, you know, I, I hope this dude's OK, whatever. So I hit him up and he hadn't even seen the post um, that was put up until I said it. And he read it and whatever. And he's like, you know, it's fucking bullshit. And, uh, he's like, dude, call me. And so I, I told him, you know, I get out of the gym in a half hour. I called him and he, and he told me like, dude, I didn't do it. Uh, you know, I seen the video and it looks like it, but like, I was just, you know, reaching down between my legs. You don't see me grabbing my money. You don't see me, you know, with a wallet and this and that. And look, I, and I don't know, I, you know, I, I watched the fucking video and it looks sure as fuck looks like he did it. I mean, you know, he, he's looking pretty sketchy in the, the video and, um, I don't, I mean, that's, I, I, I'd be hard pressed to, to say that dev completely definitely didn't do it, but someone else stole money. Yeah. You know I mean, because the way he's looking in that video, I mean, he did like a great impression of a guy stealing the money if he didn't steal the money. Yeah. I mean, dude, for, for him to stand around for a minute, just scoping the scene out and, and yeah. you know, staring at the pants and then you, you clearly see him reach inside Joey's pants and the Zubaz that he's famous for wearing now. Um, and then he quickly, and you see it, he's waiting for Joey. Joey walks by. As soon as Joey's walking past him, knowing that Joey's not coming back, he goes ironically enough into his pants right after, you know, he walks away and then he, he quickly... Looks like he, he stuffs it in his own bag. I mean, you don't see any money, but he, he certainly reached in somebody's pants for something and put it, you know, right. in his, uh, his luggage. It, it looks really shady. I think it's it's really hard to go out of your way and, and try to, you know, justify this or, or deny this. It's Dude, it's come on. It's on camera. Yeah, I hear you. Um, you know, it's just one of those dudes you, you don't want to believe that type of shit. And, uh, but like I said, I mean, it looks, it looks bad. And, uh, yeah, I mean... The one thing I think is a little bit overstated is, you know, the way Joey put out that, like, he is now blackballed from the business. And if he does this and this, then, you know, maybe he'll be allowed back in the like Joey doesn't run the business. I understand Joey's respected by a lot of people. And there's probably a lot of people who are just going to side with, you know, what went on and, um, you know, and not deal with Dev. But uh, I don't know that he, he can, you know bang the gavel and be like yeah he is now hereby banned from the business <laughs> like okay yeah I mean, dude i i think a lot of companies are gonna stop booking him though just knowing that he actually stole money from the booker too you know like like come I on mean, dude they're not gonna put their own wallet at jeopardy you know 
Yeah, I, I don't, don't have somebody like that in the locker room where you gotta just just chaperone them around the whole time after fucking being in the business for almost twenty years, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's definitely crazy. Uh, definitely not something you want to see. And um, I don't know. The one thing I think is uh, a little bit crazy too is um, I I mean it it looks like it's a gym, you know, where the the locker room is set up like a legitimate gym. Um, Monster Factory. Yeah. But um, when used as a locker room, I don't know the legality of it being filmed. I, I don't know, like, you know, when you have, like, men and women changing and stuff like that, I don't know the legality of you actually recording it. Um, Do you think that's an actual gym, though? I think that's just a part of the, the Monster Factory. So it would just be wrestlers working there, you know what I mean? Right. Right. Um, yeah, but I, I just mean like if it becomes the place where people are getting undressed and that's what you're deeming as like the dressing room, I don't know if you're allowed to run camera in there. Yeah, I don't know if that's their actual locker room. I think may, they may have probably just chosen the wrong words. Because, I mean, clearly it looks like that's where they work out now, you know? No, and, uh, I, I, dude, I thought... But, yeah, I mean, I thought I thought the Monster Factory was like some like shitty place, but from the pictures and stuff, it looks legitimate. They just run shitty shows, but I mean, it, it looks <laughs> yeah. like a great place, just a fucking shindy. But yeah, it looks it looks awesome. Yeah, I saw the pictures all on the wall, and you know all of that, and they look like they run like a cool fucking ass, you know, wrestling building. They just run shindy shows. Right. Yeah. I don't know why more companies aren't just. Aside from the ring being green, that that was kind of that kind of threw me off. It's a little too. I like. It's I, I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. I'd be fine with the uh, like you know the ropes being green, but the canvas it's just it's too much you know it's too much on the eye. Um, but yeah, man, I, I I don't. And you know it's funny because uh, I I remember talking to Devin at Cage of Death. Um, was it this Cage of Death? Yeah, I guess it was. Yeah, it was the one where he went against Joey with you know the Team IWA whatever what you know that was right right. Um, and he wasn't happy about that match at all. He didn't want to work with Joey. Uh, I remember he, he told me he was trying to do some unsafe shit. You know, he, I guess he was doing like the, he did some kind of dive from the top of the cage and put Devin through like a pane of glass. Um, so he wasn't happy about that. So I thought, I thought, you know, originally when I had read that he got Joey, I was like, oh, he probably just never liked Joey. And, you know, that's, I mean, I'm not justifying it, but, you know, if he was going to get anybody, it was going to be Joey. But to read that he like got Mike, you know, the guy that was paying him that night, you know, Teddy Hart, Facade, like Facade, come on, man, that guy's, that's like a nice dude. He's probably not making much money. Like, come on, man. He's stealing like 50 bucks from this guy. You know? It's like, yeah. I just, I don't know. And I like Devin a lot. You know, he's, he's honestly one of my favorite guys to talk to at shows. You know, he's like super relaxed and laid back and shit. You know, he's not like a weirdo or anything. But, uh, yeah, it's, this, this sucks, man. This sucks. But, I mean, if he has issues, which, you know, obviously he's had his, his demons over the years. If he has issues, man, I hope he, I hope he gets himself um, taken care of, and, uh, I gotta give Joey props for handling this, you know, uh, probably a better way that I would, you know, um, to kind of sit on it for a few days and not just, you know, lash out and put this out there immediately, um, and I wouldn't expect that from Joey, because, you know, he does a lot of, like, weird shit, so I'd, I'd expect something, something completely nutty out of this, but, uh, surprisingly enough, you know, you wished him the best, and he said he'd be the first to welcome him back if he gets himself sober and so forth, but, right, right, um, which is, I know, I respect that, so. Yeah. But yeah, man. Uh, so, we got, uh, obviously, CZW this weekend. Do you think uh, Devin Moore will be in the building? 
I can't imagine he won't. Um, I, I can't imagine he doesn't go to the building. I mean, whether it becomes an issue and he's not allowed in. I, I mean, I don't know how they handle that. I mean, he's been a CZW guy for a long, long time now. So he may not be booked on the card, but um, I don't know. Um, DJ generally has a hard time with taking a hard stance on things, too. So I think... I have a feeling he'll be allowed in and then what happens from there on out, uh, you know, I guess time will tell. I I, I doubt he's going to be able to get in. Really? I think they're, yeah, I don't think they're going to let him in the building. Um, I think a lot of the guys are probably going to be against him coming to the locker room. You know what I mean? Because um, it is shitty, man. I mean, no matter what, dude, I, it, it is shitty to be in sure. the business for this long. And um, whether you like Joey or not, you know, guys like, like Facade, that, that guy, that was the weirdest to me. Because, like, you know, Teddy Hart, like, sure, he's done some shitty things, you know. He may have been like, oh, well, this guy was a scumbag. If I'm going to get anybody, I'll just get this dickhead, you know. And, then, like, he didn't like Joey, so, like, whatever. But, like, Facade, it's, when somebody gets Facade, you know, a guy that, like, I barely ever see, you get one of those those smaller time guys, um, then, then it's, it's, it's some junky shit to me, man, you know. I mean, overall, if you're up in your, you know, 30s and stuff and you're fucking running around stealing people's wallets, there's an issue. I don't give a fuck whether you like the people or not. Like, that's just not some grown man shit. That's some, you know, knucklehead fucking teenage early 20s street shit. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I always found it weird. I don't know if he was always like this, but... um. I don't recall him being like this when I first started going to CZW, but I saw it more and more over the years. Uh, he'd just kind of, like, get in random fans' cars, you know, <laughs> just, like, do a bunch of, like, weird shit like that that, uh, you know, I uh, particularly wasn't a... I don't know. It was just always weird to me. Uh, so that's always that's always a sign, you know, when a dude is just, like, fucking randomly getting in people's cars for, for you know, a head of joint or, you know, whatever the fuck he was doing. Um, so, yeah, I mean... It is what it is. And at the Cage of Death, uh, he actually mentioned the whole the whole drug issue. Um, he was talking to me about it, and he was like, you know, I'm, I'm clean, you know, DJ you know, doesn't believe it, or whatever the case may be. Because I asked him why he hasn't been on the cards and why they don't use him that much. And, um, you know, he was saying, basically, you know, everybody thinks that he's on something, he's not on anything, he's sober. But uh, the way he was talking, I mean, he was, you know, his mouth was moving a thousand words per minute, you know, so it was hard for me to kind of believe that. But um, I'm not passing judgment, you know. But it's 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 clear when you're stealing wallets, dude. I mean, it's come on. Yeah, it is what it is. We'll see what happens. But you know, hope he gets clean. Take care of yourself, man. You know, I don't want to see another uh, Nick Gage situation. You know, because this is this is basically where it starts from. You know. Yeah. Desperation leads to to many crazy things that you may not do in a sober mind, but in that state of mind. Uh, I don't know. I've never been a drug addict. I've never, you know, had any like major addictions or anything. I have an addictive personality, so I, I kind of understand. But uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I've, I've never been in that position, so it's it's hard for me to, you know, relate to it. But I don't know. I mean, you you say you used to drink a lot, you know? Was it uh? And you know, alcoholism. I think. I mean, it's nothing like being like a heroin addict or anything. But you know, alcoholism is like a, that's like a big addiction to get over. Oh um, yeah. Um. I like, you know is it is it harder for you to to not respect people that just like can't get their shit together since like you were in a bad place and you know you took care of yourself or or do you still understand that everybody handles it differently because I feel like if I got sober and I was on some hard shit or I was an alcoholic it'd be hard for me to like respect other people that are that are doing that because they just be like oh dude I was there so like 
If I can do it, you can do it. Like I don't I don't want to hear excuses, you know what I mean? Yeah. That's how I would personally act to it, but Yeah, I'm kind of fucking weird like that. Like I don't where a lot of people like myself should and would have sympathy, I don't. Um, I, I just get on some, like, you're on some bullshit, so, like, if you're willing to get up off of it, or if you want to talk to me, and, like, you need someone to, like, talk to about trying to do the right thing, you want to do the right thing, and then have someone to talk to that's not on some bullshit, then I'm here all day, but if you're going to continue to do that bullshit, um, and, you know, look, I don't know what Devin's on, or what he's not on, or I'm not, I'm just talking in general, but, um, I don't, I don't, I don't like it. You know what I mean? I don't like the lifestyle. Um, I've always said too, like that drunk shit looks great to people who are drinking with you to the people who aren't, you look fucking retarded, you know? And I looked fucking retarded for a long time, man. I'd be on fucking Facebook, just wilding the fuck out, you know, blacking out on the fucking world. And you know, I, I can't imagine how many people must have deleted me and blocked me and shit. Cause who, who the fuck wants to read my bullshit? Because I'm all fired up in my backyard, fucking fifteen beers in on a Saturday night. Like, who gives a fuck? Shut up. You know what I mean? Like, and that's that's how I feel now too. Like, I don't have any more tolerance because I've been there. But um, you know, again, if people are headed down that right path and shit, you need someone to talk to. I'm fucking like I'm the guy. But uh. Yeah, I just I don't have like sympathy like that. Uh, I always like hope for the best. If I see people that are like visibly a mess, but I distance myself until there's at least an attempt, you know. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to help yourself, there's there's nothing anybody else can do for you. Yeah, I know that too because I you know when I was in my depths, there was nobody telling me shit. So I'm not gonna talk to a fucking wall. Well, I feel like that's that's what it is with a lot of people that try to. You know, have interventions and all that stuff. It, it, unless you want to help yourself, dude, it's, it's pointless. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, let's let's talk about this real quick. You talked about on point on your show on on the solo show. Yeah. Um, there was some some faggot chance at the on point show. Uh, what was the dude's name? I, I don't. Remember. Colin West. Uh, well, let me explain the situation. I spoke quite a bit on it on the other night, so or last week, whenever night that was. But uh, I'll just explain the situation. You give me your thoughts on it. Um. There's a guy, Colin West, he plays a heel manager. Um, he had a like a pink suit on. Uh, he's an openly homosexual dude, um, which, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but he, uh, you know, was really playing it up to the crowd. He came out in the beginning of a match. Um, I, I saw some people typing it as he interrupted the match. So I don't know if, like, the match stopped and he started, you know, hamming it up with the crowd or or if he just walked out during the match and kind of you know made himself the focus whatever the case is but um he started yelling at some female fans in the crowd it's trolls like you that makes me fuck guys and shit like this and um supposedly that triggered the faggot chance towards him and uh you know he went on this online tirade of you know, uh, those people ruined the show for all the LGBT um, fans in attendance and, uh, you know, real nice in 2017 using those words. And and someone slashed my tire and um, it took almost a full two hour drive home for the tire to flatten. So 
that's that was his statement and the majority of the people online were like oh my god fuck those people hey, this is 2017 what kind of cavemen are these people and this and this and i i didn't take the stance like that whatsoever i i took the you know look man the arena i mean they used to yell trent's a faggot until their voices went out and some of these people would be hanging out with Trent outside of the building, like telling them what a great match he had or whatever. But that was just something they rolled with. And, you know, whether they thought he was gay or didn't think he was gay or, you know, I, I mean, it just became part of the thing. Uh, Stanley, the, that fucking bum dude, Stanley, he, he would be yelling anything fucking racist or whatever at whoever he didn't like in the ring. And it was just, people just took it in stride and kept it moving. It didn't become like a fucking hate crime or this like shame, this person. And I, I don't understand. Like it's become such a sensitive thing. And on top of that, he's using his sexuality to actually attack the fans. Like he's using it as a weapon and then, getting you know mad when they reacted exactly like that there's 150 people in that fucking crowd tops like if you got them riled up calling you a faggot i i mean you're probably trying i don't think it's like a a wild bunch to to control so um and captain dave was one of the people yelling faggot i you know so if you i mean you could pretty much train captain dave to do what you want to do you can get him behind you you can get him angry at you i I think he's pretty easy to work um and i mean you know if you ever saw his video with santa claus on the sleigh coming down the road during the christmas parade he marked the fuck out for santa 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 worked the fucking face roll quite well and uh he couldn't have been fucking happier. So I, I don't know that we're just talking about, you know, complete bigotry and fucking hatred on the LGBT community. And I don't think a, a slash tire takes two hours to leak out. And I didn't know that a slow leak is always a hate crime either. Um, I, I don't know. What's your thoughts, man? Yeah, I, I think I think if, if you make it a part of your gimmick and you acknowledge it, and especially if you're a heel, like you're you're absolutely asking for this. Whether it's right or not in 2017, dude, you should expect some people to, to, to get you faggot chance. I mean, that's going to happen. That's, that's something that you go into wrestling knowing. If you can't handle that, that's like, that's like a bunch of wrestlers you know, taking criticism. Same thing. If you're in the entertainment business, especially wrestling with this type of culture, like, you should expect this. This comes with it. This is nothing new. You know what I mean? Um, like you said, the, the trends of faggot chance, you know, in ECW, they used to do all kinds of shit. It's always been, uh, even in WWF, you know, like back in the day, um, I remember uh, Billy Gunn was doing that gay gimmick. Remember, what was the, uh, Billy Gunn? Billy and uh, Chuck. Yeah, Billy and Chuck, you know, like that, and that was, that was socially accepted. I know it was only like 10 years ago or whatever, but, um, and they may not get away with it on, you know, Raw and SmackDown, but dude, this is the indies. Like it's at, it's at a show with, you know, 150 people, like, come on. You know, and no offense to, you know, a lot of the, the, the fans that go there, but you should know what you're getting yourself into, man. Half those people haven't left their basements, you know, since the last show. So it's like, what do you really expect out of a crowd like that? You know what I mean? Um, I just, I, I don't see anything wrong with it. I mean, you're asking for it. You're, you're trying to be a heel and you got the reaction that you asked for. You should actually be happy with it because you got you got over. You got a good reaction. You got a heel reaction. That's It's good. I mean, a Christopher Street connection was completely built off of fucking riling up the fans because they were overly gay. <laughs> exactly. And then the hate club, fuck it. Not, not the hate club, the hit squad fucking murdering them. That's how Ring of Honor started 
with those guys coming out on the mic saying Ring of Honor stands for Ring of Homos, and we're here to take over, and we're glad to have all you in attendance to join the Ring of Homos and this and that. Fucking pump, pump, fucking gets the fucking speakers, and they get murdered to an ovation. The building was fucking rocking for for gay guys getting fucking destroyed in the ring. So I mean, it's just not. It's not something that you should expect to be like, oh, oh, uh, trolls like us are why you fuck guys. Well, I respect your decision, sir. I'll work on my look when I get home. Like, I mean, what do you expect the reaction to that to be? Especially like if you're the dude, like hypothetically speaking, I don't know if these chicks had dudes or who he was even talking to. But if you're the dude that's with that chick, you're not supposed to like fucking snap back at this dude. Uh, come on, man. He, he was going for a reaction. He got it. It is what it is. I mean, it's like, you know, you look at the Nigerian nightmares. Do you think that gimmick would be accepted nowadays, or would that be, like, racist? Oh, well, you wouldn't be able to call them fat, because that's body shaming. <laughs> it's true. It's true. You get a lot <laughs> so, of shit for that. That's just, it's crazy. Like, you know, you, you go down the line and be like, you fat fuck. Oh, well, that's not fair. Uh, he yeah, could have a thyroid fair. problem. I mean, what's, <laughs> you know, what is this chant for? That's not yeah. right. Yeah, dude, and we're talking about indie wrestling, you know? We're not even talking about something that's, like, syndicated, something that's, you know, like, big time. We're talking indie fucking wrestling, you know? At the on-point arena, dude, we're talking about, you know, Monster Factory shit, you know? We're not talking about WWE. We're not talking about the Wells Fargo Center and the, you know, the Meadowlands and shit. We're talking about fucking, like, gymnasiums. You know, relax, dude. It's fucking... And we're talking about people who couldn't make it in any one of those places that you mentioned, but they're going to make themselves a spectacle on this level by by getting over however they're going to get over and then saying, look at me, look at me on the internet because they want more attention. What they got at the show wasn't enough. And it sucks because, you know, you had uh, Deppin and Cannonball, I think, in the main event for the title, and those guys are really close, so I'm sure they beat the shit out of each other. And then um, you had Danny Havoc in his last match for On Point Wrestling up against fucking Nick Gage and fucking G-Raver in a three-way. It fucking tore it up. I mean, no one was talking about that. The only shit I saw on the internet was this poor Colin West fucking post. And it's it's shitty for the company, too. Yeah, I feel like Danny Havoc is a big fan of G-Raver because he, uh, he put him over at GCW, too. So Yeah. Seems like uh, he's got a lot going on with that guy, but um, real quick, man, uh, let's let's talk about this. Um, I guess you had a question whether uh, you thought it was it was crazier. Um, you want to get into that question? Yeah, Eric asked me uh, what I thought was crazier: 2001 CCW or GCW now? Which to me is it's a no-brainer because the thing is, is GCW is running cards with five death matches on it. They're running. Shows with almost as many death matches as a tournament, which CZW never did, despite the fact that a lot of people want to try to label CZW as it was only death matches until DJ showed up and invented wrestling. Like, that was never a fucking thing. That was never, ever a fucking thing. There was still only like two death matches tops. And, like, especially 2001, you're talking about the era of champs soccer arena so their big death match death match they couldn't do death matches there um they did a couple you know fire spots a couple this couple that but their big death matches were their shows in delaware so you're talking like every two months three months in delaware 
you know, that that was their death matches in 2001. But beyond that, even going into CZW 2002, which was way crazier, um, you know, launched the beginning of Tournament of Death, launched, uh, you know, I mean, the Wife Beaters retirement matches, which there was one in Delaware, then there was one in Philly, uh, the Novo Barbed Wire, Deja Vu. You still look at those cards and they didn't have five death matches on them. Not a fucking chance. Not even close. So GCW is doing something completely different. In my opinion, it's complete overkill, and it's not shitting on you know the uh, the owners, even though I can't stand them. Um, it's just the design that they're doing to me is complete overkill. We'll go into the show, and you know you you'd uh, see for yourself. But I mean, you you watch some tapes and stuff. You I mean, do you agree with that or? Yeah, yeah, I think definitely. Um, GCW now is probably the craziest promotion as far as death matches that that's ever come across the states. Right. Um, even XPW was doing you know more death matches than CZW. Honestly, they were doing like three, four matches on the card, and they never did the type of shit that uh, GCW. I mean, you look at the last show, dude. TOS. I mean, they used bird spikes. You know, you didn't see that in CZW. I don't recall handsaws and fucking. Yeah. Even though they were working with Big Japan, which would have made sense if if they brought some of those gimmicks back to the states, but. GCW is doing Big Japan in the States, in New Jersey. You have Big right. Japan in New Jersey, literally. Like, the bumps that they're taking there, they're doing it here. And yeah. I don't think that's ever been done before because you don't see those, you know, hand saw and, you know, razor blade matches. You don't see that type of shit in the States, you know, for the most part. You might see, like, you know, a spot here and there, but just full-blown boards, you know, every show. That's, that's fucking crazy shit. You haven't, you've never seen that before. Right. So, and, you know, uh, even um, IWA, Mid-South, um, you know, their amount of death matches on a show was way lower. I mean, th- when they do Kings of the Crimson Mask, they put on a shitload of death matches. When they do King of the Death, obviously it's a tournament. Um, double death, same deal. You know, anything with right. death in death. the title, yeah. obviously. <laughs> but, um, yeah, they're, they're standard shows. If they ended with a death match or something, maybe another one somewhere on the card. That was about the most of it. Uh, this is kind of unheard of as far as the states go. Um, I mean, same thing with you know Deep South. I mean, they're they're retarded and they do a bunch of silly, silly spots that you generally don't see in the states and and things I wouldn't even consider spots like the dumb box cutter thing. But uh, I don't think that they even run like five death matches on a show that's not Carnage Cup. Right? Yeah, that's that's better. Yeah. But um, yeah, I don't th- I don't think any any deathmatch companies you know no. even coming close to what GCW is doing with deathmatches anyway. Yeah, I mean if you're like really really into deathmatches and you can't get enough of deathmatches, definitely go to GCW because it's it's gonna give you your fill plus you know. I mean it's a, it's a good time you know I'm not, I'm not you know complaining by any means I'm just saying you know for the for the better of the company eventually it's gonna get old if you do you know six matches or you know whole cards with just deathmatches. Which is why I didn't mind the Allentown show, you know. I was like, oh, this is this is different, you know. No mm. tubes, you know. Um, and it was still a fun show, you know. They they still did fun spots that you know revolved around just you know being being creative and not using any tubes or anything. Which I love tubes. I'm not saying don't use tubes every show. Use them every fucking show. Yeah, I'm I saying like use balance, them in two. So. Yeah, use them like two, three matches, you know. Um, this card, every match was a death match, you know. Like, and it's happening next month. Um. You know, and, and TOS just happened. Right. right, so TOS, back-to-back with... And, and let's not forget, I mean, every show almost leading into TOS was, was death matches. And then um, right after that, you got this show, which literally had ultra violence in every match. 
um, except for the Teddy Hart and, and Joey Janela, which which was a nice break. Um, mm. And then next month you got the Nick Gage Invitational, which will be all death matches. I mean, tournaments, I get it. Uh, as shows outside of a tournament, I'm good with two big death matches. And, you know, maybe, you know, a couple spots in another match, but not, you know, where it's fucking no barbed wire or it's, you know, tons of light tubes. It's like a spot here and there, but it's not something you would label as a death match. Yeah, you add one of those to the card, like a hard, more hardcore type match. And then, you know, two big death matches. I really think you got to give room for those death matches to stand out. A lot of them just get buried on the card. You remember a couple things coming out of these shows. And if it's all death matches, I mean, just your brain naturally is probably going to pick one or two and keep those, you know, fond to you. Like, oh, remember that? Remember that match? It's 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 tough to retain all of that shit and be like, oh, yeah, well, the. The German suplex into the bundle of light tubes was good, but you know, remember the other match where the bundle of light tubes, you know, and they use a superplex, and you know that was also good. It's uh, it just kind of blends together. Yeah, and um, I guess I guess we can talk about GCW. Real yeah, quick. Let's just I mean, go that's, that was that was kind of like the only complaint I had about the show. I mean, uh, there wasn't a literally there wasn't a bad match. I don't I don't recall on this show as far as like crazy spot. Everything everything was crazy. Absolutely. Um, but it came to a point of it. The show ran about four hours long, so it came a point to it where it was like, uh, you know, it was a little overkill. Um, you know, I was I was fucking tired. Um, but I mean, it, it started out with Private Party, which are uh, the GCW Tag Team Champions, which I'm, I'm happy about. I like those guys a lot. Uh, super talented, and uh, they were going against uh, Cabernock the Team, the Canadian guys. Uh, they apparently couldn't make it in, so they missed Beyond. I believe last night, and then they missed uh, GCW, so they replaced them with uh, Death by uh, Kicks, I believe, or Murder by Kicks. Murder by Kicks, which, I think. Yeah, which is uh, Matt Travis, and um, I forget the other guy's name. Uh, uh, it's a it's a House of Glory guy. He's not on the card listed, so I forget his name. Ken Broadway. Ken Broadway. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Matt Travis and Ken Broadway. Um, so they brought those guys in, which. I was excited about because, you know, I've, I've talked to you about those guys before. You <laughs> know, I forgot his name. Uh, from the <laughs> clips that I've seen in House of Glory, I mean, those guys are fucking super talented, you know. Uh, Stiff-ass fucking kicks. And uh, it was a good matchup because these guys train together, you know. They're all House of Glory guys, so it's a good way to kind of bring the um, the new guys in, Matt Travis and uh, Ken Broadway. Mm-hmm. So, And uh, spoiler alert, they're actually going to be on the CZW show next uh, this weekend, actually. So ah. they're making their debut at... Uh, once in a lifetime. Cool. And uh, the one thing that uh, kind of stood out to me with this match was that they used tubes. Which wasn't necessary. Because it's like, dude, this is the one match where they literally don't have to do anything. They, they, just, they can just wrestle. It's fine. You know, mm-hmm. They're, they're going to kill it either way. And uh, they used tubes. They went into the... They, they were brawling in the fans. Crazy ass match. Great match. Uh, great, great match to open up the show with. But uh, unnecessary tubes. You really didn't need that at all. You know, it was totally fine right. without it. But uh, we also had. Uh, are you familiar with those guys at all? No, I, I mean I've heard their one. names a bunch, and I, I think I've seen like a clip here and there, but no. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's completely unnecessary with the tubes. I uh, like I laughed. I was getting you know videos and updates and stuff sent to me, 
by a couple different people, including yourself. And uh, yeah, I, I saw the spot with the light tube, and I just laughed like, "What the what the fuck, dude?" <laughs> like you guys are just like crowbarring tubes into every match for no reason. Like if you want to have like a match series with those two, you know, uh, fucking they win this match, next match the other guys win, and then you know. Two months from now, they have a third match, and then there's a fucking tube spot in there. It's like, well, they're trying to settle a score or something, you know? That it makes sense, but like two random ass teams together, there's no storylines, there's no anything. It's like, oh, and light tubes. Like, what the fuck, man? They they use light tubes like, I mean, it's like fucking headlocks in in GCW. I think um, since they pretty much run on the regular now. I think uh, I think it's a good time to start investing in some storylines because they're starting to use a lot of the same guys. So um, couldn't hurt at yeah, least a couple. I mean, you could do a bunch of random matches, do whatever kind of booking you want. But I mean, work something with you know two or three guys on the card to give them some kind of run. But uh, this was definitely a good match, though. But uh, next up, we have some, speaking of sport storylines, uh, one of the only storylines going along, going you know out in, in GCW. Actually, I had the payoff on this show, and we had uh, Schlack, who came in, who was supposed to face Matt Tremont. Obviously, we'll get into the whole Matt Tremont thing later on. But uh, Matt Tremont was in a hospital, so he couldn't make the show. And uh, the replacement was Nate Hatred, which uh, I thought was good. I thought, you know, Zandig would have made sense. Again, Zandig's not showing up last minute. No, that's not that's happening. Not happening. Um, Masada would have been cool to see Masada and Schlack in a GCW ring because they probably would have put on a better match than the TOD one, to be honest with you, because they probably would have gone all out. Um, and the the TOD match was fine, but I think at GCW they would probably go all out and do some some totally crazy shit. And um, the replacement Nate, Nate Hatred totally made sense. Uh, I was fine with it. Probably the best Nate Hatred match that I've seen since he left CZW. Really. Um, yeah, maybe maybe the match with Masada at the end. Yeah, I was gonna maybe ask that you was better yeah. than that. Yeah, yeah, but it's it's up there with that. Um, nice, really good fucking match. Stiff as shit. Um, Jeremy told me that uh, Schlack had told him that he got a receipt for him because I guess uh, he was the one that did the two spot with him that almost took his nipple off. So he was kind of trying to get back at him. So it was stiff as fuck, man. They were they were beating the shit out of each other. Ton of tubes made sense. This match, I expect tubes. Give me tubes, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, private party, I don't necessarily need light tubes. This no. match needs tubes. Um, okay yeah, to wrestle, guys. It really yeah. is. Yeah. So, a uh, ton of tube spots. At one spot, they stack, like, fucking, like, ten chairs. And um, he just kind of just, like, throw them over the ropes and slam them into it. And uh, that looked fucking brutal, man, the way the, the way Nate Hatcher landed. And, uh, dude, he didn't get up for, like, a minute and a half, so... Um, he gave it his all though, man. He didn't half-ass anything. He it was a good match, and it wasn't like short or anything. It was a good, you know, ten fifteen minute match. Yeah. So uh, it was good stuff. As far as the Zandig thing too, I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but I could swear at the end of the the TOS too, he kind of gave some some form of like we'll see you next year type thing. <laughs> didn't he say some kind of like uh, like yeah hey, we'll see you guys next year for that shit? Or it might have been a Facebook post or something. But I remember him putting something. That I was like oh. So- pretty much checking out until next year and, and i think that's kind of what he's looking to do at this point is like one big burst once a year yeah which is fine dude that's yeah nice. it's he's not a month in month out fucking deathmatch guy anymore like cut it out especially after the back breaking shit you know i expect him to be an ngi though in it possibly i mean they, they said that the schlack and zandig match is gonna happen I mean, whether they're going to keep it for the next year's TOS, they could do that. 
Yeah. But um, I guess that's a long build, though, man. I mean, I, you got to bring Zandig in at least for like a show or two, and have him interfere at least do something to make you know to even remember that feud a year from now. Right. Um, but I mean, I could see Schlack and Zandig in a, in a round one match. And Zandy puts him over. That's a long yeah. fucking time. You know, again, like, you guys are don't give a fuck about storylines at all if that's the case because... No, no, I'm talking about the, at, at the NGI. Oh, the NGI. I can see yeah. the first round, like, Schlack sure. and Zandig. Schlack wins in a quick five-minute match or something. Crazy spot. I, that's the other thing I don't like either is, you know, it's come to the point now where, like, Zandig's just going to quick lose out of tournaments and stuff. And, like, he's fucking John Zandig. So, I mean, if it's a thing where... Like, he, he's not going to be able to go through tournaments. Let's just not put him in tournaments, you know? I'm not saying he should run around and win everything, but, you know, he's he's the fucking ultra-violent icon. Like, you're just like, oh, he's a good first-round match. It's like, what? Like, just, just fucking keep him out of it, man. Protect this fucking image somewhat. Like, tell him, like, dude, we're not going to do the video where you're giving pep talks in the back. Like, we, yeah, we, we like that. what you used to do. So, I, I know you thought it was a good idea, but we're cutting that off the DVDs. Just didn't look good. Like, just to help him protect his image if he's got wild ideas. Yeah, I can see him going a second round next year's TOS, though. I have an easy first round match. Um, I mean, whoever's going against him is going to take most of the bumps. You know, have Zandik take no bumps the, the first match. Have him just beat somebody. Second round, have him take one big bump, and then, you know, he goes out. But um, I'm sure he can do one bump a show, you know? Oh, yeah, I'm sure he can I'm not do talking about stuff. some... Yeah, I'm not talking about off the roof or anything. Just, you know, a, a fucking couple bundles of tubes stacked on top of each other to the outside. You know, slam into it. Or, you know, just something. Something that's that's a little simpler than jumping off a fucking roof through a, through a truck. And that's uh, that'll still remain the biggest shame probably of his career because I bet he had a bunch left in him and he fucking yeah. just... He just he fucking it. wiped that shit clean with that yeah. one fucking bump. Yeah. His his bump card is is fucking is stacked, dude. It's it's stocked up, no spaces left. Yeah, it's done. That that one bump, dude. That and yeah, it, honestly, going back, I I wish kind of they didn't do that spot. I mean, I'll always remember it as probably the craziest show that I'll probably ever go to. Actually, I don't see anybody else doing anything crazier than that um, anytime soon, including them. As far as a uh, you know big height, I think uh, they'll do another roof spot. I'm sure they will eventually. Not with Zandig, but I think someone yeah. will do it. I think if anything, um, I don't. I mean, I don't see it happening to be honest with you. But I think they'd be the company to try to get, you know, a sick Nick Mondo and Joey Janela match and try to recreate that spot. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. I think Joey would probably do another death match for for Mondo. Um, so that would be that would be fucking crazy out of TOS. You know, sick Nick Mondo and Joey Janela. Um, and never say never. I mean, he he lives in Cali now. He's kind of. He's doing the acting thing, but at the same time, he's expressed some interest in wrestling. Um, so you never know. I don't. I don't see it happening anytime soon. But at least it's a lot more doable than when he was living in Japan. You know, right? If, if you can fly out homeless Jimmy, you're gonna fly out sick Nick Mondo. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with that. But uh, the next match we had. Uh, Marcus Crane and Connor Claxton. By the way, I'm not going in order. I forget what the order was. Who gives a shit. Uh, Connor Claxton and uh, Marcus Crane. Connor Claxton comes out with like a polo shirt. You know, he's doing the the Mr. Claxton gimmick that, that kind of carried on from CZW, mm-hmm. which is nice because I, I found it silly that that Tremont's supposed to be a heel in CZW. That when he's in GCW a week later, he's normal Matt Tremont. Right. It's, it's just it's weird, dude. Come on, I mean it's it's the same fan base. It looks silly. You know, I can understand if you're going to like Ohio and doing a different gimmick. 
in front of a different crowd. That's Up the road. <laughs> yeah, this is it's an hour away. Yeah, this is a week away. Same fucking, you know, same same state. You know, ten minute drive from each other. It, just, it makes no sense. So I kind of appreciated him kind of bringing that gimmick into GCW, even though I hated it going into it. But uh, I, I left kind of liking it. I'm, I'm a little bit more tolerant towards uh, Connor Class and after this match. Um, he came out healing it up. He smashed a bunch of tubes. Uh, <laughs> they had a ton of bundles that uh, I guess were for this match. And he wanted to heal it up and say no ultraviolence. So he was just stomping on them before the match, just breaking them, which shattered a lot of people's hearts. Because, you know, two bundles, it's like, what the fuck, dude? At that deathmatch show, you're just breaking half of them for no reason. But it got a great reaction. It got the heal reaction he wanted. Um, and I guess they could afford it. They probably had some extra bundles. But, uh,. This match kind of started out slow because obviously, you know, he wanted to heal it up. He wanted to avoid all the tubes and all that stuff, which, which was nice to storytelling. Uh, going forward, it got fucking absolutely nuts because uh, Marcus Crane did like a clothesline and broke the tubes on his throat, which was fucking insane to me because like, dude, you're not, you're not smashing tubes on my throat. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah that's, that's fucking crazy. Um, and that's what it looked like from where I was standing, which was by the entrance. So I saw his back getting clothesline. So, but it looked like it was right across his throat, you know. And it wouldn't surprise me because, you know, Ricky Shane Page, a lot of these guys are, you know, putting the tube in their mouth and having somebody, you know, either clothesline it or elbow it or punch it in their mouth. It's just crazy shit. They're getting crazier by the day. I don't, I don't know that. Um, that was a spot that, that really caught me off guard. Uh, he took the, the tubes right in, right in the head like 20,000 times. His back was like, you remember that show where uh, it was like him and, uh, I think it was him and Havoc. Mm-hmm. His back was completely just fucking. Yeah. Um, it wasn't nearly as bad as that, but I think the cuts were just as bad. Like the, the blood wasn't as thick. I remember being at that show and he was bleeding through his shirt and you could see the thickness of the blood through the shirt, which I was like, oh, dude, that's, I can only imagine what it looks like under there. Um, he walked by us after he had, you know, taken care of himself and got himself cleaned up. And his back, dude, it just looked like he took a fucking lawnmower to his back. Damn. So, yeah, so props to him for taking all that, all that crazy shit, man. Uh, and then they introduced the hand sauce, which, uh, <laughs> same board as, you know, the one, I mean, well, obviously not the same board, but same type of board that they used at TOS with Takeda. Um, and Marcus Crane, they, they botched that spot with Takeda at TOS. Um, he got none of that, none of the saws at TOS. This time around, dude, he caught all of it. Fuck. I mean, he got fucking, like, powerbombed onto it. His whole back, spine, everything Fuck. just fucking just slammed. And, and they didn't pussy it out. You know, it wasn't like he slammed his hand on the mat way before or anything. He took it, man. And I just, I fucking cringed, man. I mean, that, they made up for the spot at TOS with this one, man, because he took all of those saws. Um... This dude is fucking crazy, man. Like, he, if he, and it's not interesting in GCW, man. When he goes to IWA Mid-South, he does fucking crazy shit. When he goes to Deep South, he takes scissors. You know, he takes bird spikes. He takes saws. <laughs> uh, razor blades. You remember that that famous picture that came out with him just having fucking just slits in his back? Yeah. Uh, from the razors. Yeah, uh, the Schlack um, match. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, man. I mean, the, the, the hand saws. That was definitely a, a cringe-worthy moment for me for the whole show. I think probably the standout moment for the whole show because it just fucking... The way he landed, man. <laughs> it's like, yo, this guy is fucking nuts. 
Yeah, he's he's out of his fucking mind. I I don't know, you know, how he feels about heights or whatever, but I can see him him being part of a roof bump oh, in yeah. the future because oh, he's yeah. he's out of his goddamn mind. Yeah, yeah, dude, he'll be the yeah he'll be the next guy. Jimmy will take a roof bump. He'll take a roof bump. Um, even a guy like Claxton, I can see taking a roof bump. He took a crazy ass fucking bump at Cage of Death. Um, you remember you got like I don't know somebody hit him with a chair or something, and he just went head first and just. Dove into a bunch of tubes, barbed wire, and tables, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, that's another, and then the the you know barbed wire trampoline. Yeah, uh, that was kinds, fucking crazy. Funny. Yeah, I don't think he gets enough credit for what the fuck that actually is, and that that fucking bump was insane. I think the bounce maybe took people out of it, but I, dude, that should give you more respect for it because that's fucking crazy. Yeah, so uh, those are three guys that I can definitely see taking a roof bump: Claxton, Jimmy Lloyd, and hands down. Marcus Crane will take one. Even a guy like Brandon Kirk, man. I think that Jimmy's guy. dumb enough to practice it if someone told him it would be a good idea. Like before the show without anyone there. You might want to just do like a quick run through to make sure you're going to land right. Oh, okay. Yeah, just like fall off the roof. But, uh, you know, let's go on to the next match. We had uh, Stan Hansen made an appearance. Um, he didn't do any tube spots or anything like that, which I kind of expected because every. every Guest appearance they have, they seem to smash some tubes on somebody's head, whether it's you know Necro Butcher or Scott Hall, um, or whoever it may be. But uh, that was cool, man. I mean, I didn't I didn't talk to him or take any pictures or anything. I've met Stan a, a couple times at conventions. So I was. Can you throw a Larry at anyone? Nah, nah. No, I was surprised. I was surprised. Surprised but, uh, they didn't take a shot at DJ and have him like read some. Yeah, I'm the only Larry in Jersey or <laughs> some kind oh, yeah, of yeah. shit. You know. Yeah, that'd be nice. That'd be nice. Uh, they had Jimmy Lloyd versus Reed Bentley in a cinder block light tube match. Um, one of the better Jimmy Lloyd matches that I've seen, even though there was still botches in there. Um, Reed Bentley got a terrible reaction. I don't know why. People fucking hated him. I don't, I don't know exactly what was going on. Because uh, it's not his first time being in GCW. He got a great reaction last time doing the dry ice match um, with uh, Marcus Crane. Um, by the end, he won over the crowd again. And uh, this was obviously a fucking crazy match, dude. You know, you know it's gonna be crazy. Jimmy will do fucking nutty ass shit that nobody else probably will on the card, which uh, is not very smart when you're like 19 years old and you're brand new to this. But hey, man, do what you got to do. I'll be there to watch it. I'm not complaining. You, you take all the bumps you want. But uh, there was a there was a spot they set up two chairs and then they stacked a bunch of fucking cinder blocks on top of the chairs. They took a couple bundles and put it on top of that. And Reed Bentley just got slammed from the top rope right on top of it, dude. Just spine first, laid across flat. Just fucking brutal. You know, he didn't even, like, fall off of it. He was just, like, sitting there on top of this. This is fucking crazy. Um, another spot that I just, I don't think was appreciated, but I was just like, what the fuck, man? Like, dude, that, that's, you know, it was one of those spots where uh, the impact wasn't anything, you know, spectacular where you'd be like, holy shit. But, like, just knowing what that could have done... It just makes it one of the craziest shit on this show. And I don't think anybody popped for it, but it was just fucking crazy to me. Jimmy took a cinder block, and uh, Reed Bentley's sitting on top of the top rope, and literally just launches it at his face. Just shit. throws it at his jaw. Just He didn't. He doesn't hold it and hit him with it. He just throws it. And uh, the, the dude connects. And like I was just like, what the fuck, dude? This is a cinder block, you know? Like, Imagine if he missed, and that, that shit went into the fucking crowd, you know? <laughs> like... You're a fucking cinder block, bro. It's not a fucking... You can't just do that, man. But uh, this match was crazy, man. There was one spot that they... Uh, 
it was almost like a pyramid of cinder blocks in the corner and they had a bunch of tubes in between it and uh they botched that spot and like missed <laughs> half the fucking tubes and uh Jimmy was talking to me after the after the match he was like how was the match I was like it was good honestly except for the fucking botch the big spot was botched you know and um I don't know man they gotta stop giving this guy so many fucking you know uh tube matches or, because he hands down has the most tubes in his match at every car you know it's like 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 two bundles every time you know whether it's made out of a, a pyramid made out of fucking light tubes or a pyramid made out of cinder blocks they always give them that big structure and they always seem to botch it so i would invest that big spot into another match and not let this guy botch everything but it wasn't like terrible or anything they had a ton of crazy shit um Marie bentley was bleeding his ass off that dude was fucking crazy too anybody that that takes ddts into dry ice I'm not going to argue with you. Get out of your fucking mind. But, um... And then I believe we had the Danny Havoc gauntlet. Alright. So the Danny Havoc gauntlet had, uh... Drew Blood, which I expected. You know. And I knew that was going to happen. He gets booked by GCW, so it makes sense. I was expecting Devin Moore. So, Devin Moore wasn't there, and now it makes sense why. Um, cause the, the previous night, all that shit happened. Now, I don't know when they saw the, the video footage. I don't know if it was over the weekend or what the case may have been, but I'm guessing they saw it on Saturday and probably told them not to come in because, uh, Louie replaced Devin Moore. Um, anytime they have Louie on the show, it, it's a replacement because like he shouldn't be wrestling. So it's not like they're booking the guy. It's just like a desperate move. Um, I'm happy to see that Louie's finally retiring. You know, it's it's about fucking time, dude. You know, I, I love Louis, good dude, but take care of your health, man. I mean, you know, wrestling in front of three, four hundred people is is not worth possibly sitting in a wheelchair or being fucking brain dead by the time you're fifty five. You know, especially if you got kids and shit, man. It's just it's not worth it to me. You know, it's not worth it to me. And I understand it's an addiction. I've never been in the wrestling business, but I understand that that. That thrill, that rush that you get from it, and the reaction—you're addicted to that. That's fine. You gotta, you gotta find something to replace that with. And he's doing—you know—he can do commentary, he can do the announcing, whatever the case may be. Um, replace that with something else in the wrestling. Yeah, I, I'm glad to see him uh, retire, and I hope it holds up. I hope there's not like a year that goes by and they go, "Hey, you didn't show up. You want to fucking like, you know." I just, I don't know. I think it's a long time coming. He should have done this a while ago and stayed retired. I mean, you know, the whole thing with him years ago was the doctor told him something about head trauma that, like, dude could die if he continues to take it. And he let a couple of years go by without doing anything. And he's like, oh, I'm back, uh, whatever. I'm filling in for this guy, and he's going to fucking hit me in the head with some shit. You know, it's like... It, uh, the first getting Nick Gage Invitational last year or whatever it was. He uh, tells him, yeah, fucking he, he subs in for Gage, right? And, uh, you know, gets fucking clobbered by Nate Hatred. Nate Hatred just knocked the shit out of him, hit him in the head with a fucking guitar, like, went right for the head trauma. I mean, I, I don't know. I just thought it was reckless from the start, you know, He's a good dude, and I always worried about just hearing some shit that, like, he didn't get up or, you know, he had some shit where he punctured his fucking lung or something, right? Yeah. Broken ribs. You know, broken didn't even ribs. Know they were, yeah, they didn't even know they were broken. Did, like, a 50-minute match doing that shit. Like, I don't... 
Yeah. It makes no sense to me, man. I mean, I remember having him on the... He was our first guest ever on the show. Um, and that was the first time he was retiring. You know, this is like three, three almost, you know, three and a half years ago, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, that's when he was talking about the head trauma, you know, and he was like, you know, I can't take any bumps. The doctor said I can't, I can't take any chair shots or anything. And what do you know at the, at the show, you know, he's taking a VCR to the head by Danny Havoc. You know, oh, yeah. dude, like, come on, man, you don't, you don't need to do this, especially on a show where it's stacked with so many crazy bumps. You don't need a VCR to the head with a guy like that, you know? Yeah, well, and that's the thing with uh, with Louis. He's pretty limited, you know. He's never been, you know, fucking Jushin Liger. So, uh, you know, you're not going to get too much crazy, crazy wrestling stuff going on in the match that's going to lead to bump here, bump there. It's going to be a lot of fucking just blunt force shit, you know. Uh, you know, fall into this, get hit in the head with that. I mean, that that's what it's going to be. It's, so, I mean, even like you know the style that he's always worked is is just fucking dangerous for him. I mean, it's it's super dangerous. So I'm just glad to hear that, you know. Hopefully, it's this satisfies him. He sees a guy who's, you know, younger in the business than he is by far, you know, retiring. And if he's retiring, he's got to be able to look at himself and say it's okay for me to retire too. So, you know, uh. I'm hoping this satisfies him and maybe, you know, another guy going out makes him feel all right about actually hanging him up this time. So, you know, good on him. You know, much respect to Louie. And, uh, yeah, overall, this gauntlet, obviously, it ended with G-Raver. Um, I I don't know. I, I thought this was just fucking botched altogether because I expected, like you said, Devin for sure. Um, I know like it wouldn't have been the easy thing to do, but I'm still like dying for one more fucking Sammy Callahan and uh Yeah. Yeah, that needs to happen, man. You that, know that's gotta happen before you and uh you know, Danny Havoc. I mean, and that would have been such a fucking surprise too, even though like I don't know what the fuck uh Sammy's music is anymore. When he came out to the Muse music I thought that was the best fucking song he ever had. It had like such a build and you fucking knew it was him as soon as you heard the pianos and it had like a fucking crazy eerie vibe to it. And he always fucking killed it to that. And then he, he went through his fucking, you know, iPod shuffle and fucking he's got whatever <laughs> music he's got now. I don't I, I wouldn't even know until he walks out. But, um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, that fucking music hits, you know, for nostalgia's sake, I'd go back to the other one that I liked. I liked it anyway, but, uh, you know, hit that fucking music and like, oh shit, you know, that's what I expect. I mean, if this guy's going out, I want you to fucking dig up shit from Danny Havoc's past, you know what I mean? Like, I want you to fucking, and GCW is not the place to do it, but in a Danny Havoc gauntlet, DJ Hyde, believe it or not, would be one of my picks too, because when he entered CZW, he entered it through DJ Hyde killing him month in and month out, like. He tied him to a fucking stretcher and threw the stretcher over the top rope to the floor. <laughs> and Danny just fucking ate like some of the craziest fucking bumps. DJ's still green now, but he was fucking beyond green then. And he wore like a trash bag outfit. And he would just drop Danny on his head over and over and over. And like where DJ thought he was going to get over for being like a beast. Everyone was just like, holy shit, Danny Havoc's the craziest motherfucker we ever saw. And that was my introduction to Danny Havoc coming into CZW was just DJ damn near killing him every fucking month. He was killing him on like the, the whatever they called him. It was like a NXT. I don't mean 
it was like NXT, but it was called like Next or something. It, it was called something similar to NXT before there was an NXT. And um, then they had like Maven Bentley shows and like it was just like like B shows that were like the first half of a doubleheader. There would just be a random DJ High Danny Havoc match and he'd almost die in that in front of 30 people. Like he just... He never stopped getting killed by him. And uh, so, like, in a gauntlet match, I would put fucking Danny Havoc versus DJ. I would put Danny Havoc, Sammy Callahan. I would put Danny Havoc, Alex Cologne, and Danny Havoc versus Devin. It'd be like a four, four-man four fucking, you know, run right there. And I, I think that would be, like, the right send-off. And I, obviously, that's way harder to do, especially within GCW. And I think you probably finished that that gauntlet with like Sammy because you don't want to. Uh, nah, nah, maybe you started with Sammy. Uh, you want to keep him out of the depths of like deathmatch plunder. You're not putting him in through 200 light tubes. You got to be reasonable. Um, maybe finish it with DJ the way it started or whatever the fuck you know. Yeah, I think their whole um, their whole goal was to do that. It was to get guys from his past. Um, I know one was Tremont. Because uh, G Raver had replaced Tremont, so they were supposed to end with Tremont, okay, um, which would have made sense. So Tremont, sure. Drew Blood, and Devin Moore were the three guys they had, which was a, okay. uh, you know, and obviously Devin Moore had to get replaced. Tremont had to get replaced. So they they did what they could with um, yeah with what they had. I mean, it's fine. It wasn't none of them were terrible or anything. Um, Louis actually did a couple wrestling moves in there, which was uh, just nice. <laughs> it was it was. And uh, people, you know, were chanting wrestling and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But um, this is uh, intermission came in after intermission. We had a uh, match of the fucking night. A lot of people say match of the fucking year. Um, honestly shocked me, dude, because I thought this was going to be a disappointment. I was going to go into this match saying, you know, Teddy's going to come in. He's going to do like fucking a moonsault, hurt himself and take it slow. Dude, this was almost a 40 minute match. No tubes, no thumbtacks, no barbed wire. They had ladders and chairs and tables. So it was like a tables, ladders, and chairs match, basically. It wasn't announced as, as such, but it ended up being a TLC match. Um, I can't even tell you. It's just a fucking just crazy spot fest. Um, it's just brutal fucking just beating the shit out of each other. And Teddy was at his best. Like, dude was smooth as fuck in the ring. He did, like... 17 Canadian destroyers through the whole match. Didn't botch any of them. 17. All of them came out beautiful. Um, it was just fucking crazy, man. It was just a, it was just an absolute fucking crazy ass match. You hear that high pitch shit there? That stopped now. Oh, what the fuck that was? Anyway, um, I expected this to be awesome. Um, obviously there was a little bit of real heat started up there when uh, Teddy kicked Penelope in the face. On, on the last little thing it seemed like that was kind of out of nowhere you know the thing is though and you know i'll still say it about joey even though joey he's kind of gone off on you know somewhat of a goofball uh gimmick and like a lot of the shit that he does online and, and the way he carries himself a lot of times and and his his lack of you know workout ethic and stuff like that i don't respect that type of stuff and I'm not really into it. Like he said, his his, his core fan base is 75% teenage boys. Well, I mean, it it is what it is. I mean, if that's if that's what you're into, whatever. But besides all that, still, um, Joey Janela has a whole shitload of Trent Acid in him. Um, he always has, always will. And um, you know, since he's exploded, it, it, at least 
since he's became the bad boy. You see a lot of Trent Acid in uh, in Joey and just the way he works and, and what he's able to do and, you know, his versatility. And, um, you know, you get that. You get a lot of that when you see Joey Janela versus Nick Gage at the Skate and Surf Festival or whatever the fuck that was, uh, food truck, whatever the fuck it was, when Gage was out the first time fucking awesome match i absolutely love that match and it was very reminiscent of a nick gage trent acid match i've seen all this shit live so i know you know the type of vibe it was so now when you get teddy hart and you know joey janela in in a knockdown fucking we're gonna fucking murder shit we're gonna brawl all over the place the first thing i think is teddy hart trent acid man that street fight that they went outside and took the fucking he called it the car bomb on the fucking <laughs> on a lit's car, you know. I mean, like, and then then they went into Jersey All Pro, and he he's like, yeah, Trent's Trent's not gonna come here. He's scared of the car bomb, <laughs> and like it. I mean, they just had like such fucking chemistry, and like those two guys had that similar mentality of just doing wild fucking shit to to pop the fans. Trent, you know, he knew when to turn it on, turn it off. Joey's pretty much full blast all the time. And Teddy, for the most, eh, it depends on what Teddy you get. But they were on the same page as what they were going into this match for. And it's definitely one of the things I'm really, really looking forward to seeing. Because from everything I heard, it lived up to exactly what it could be. I think it surpassed what I expected. Honestly, because watching it... I mean, I, just going into it, I was like, oh, okay, this is fucking stiff. Because they started smacking the shit out of each other. Like, the way they were shoving each other didn't look good, which you could tell there were, it was it, there was some animosity there, you know? Yeah. Um, and I think I sent you, like, a like a message saying they're, like, it looks like they're, like, halfway shooting in the beginning, you know? Yeah. And um, they kind of were. And, um, dude, uh, like, there was, like, 15 moonsaults that fucking Teddy Hart did or some shit. He was doing a ton of crazy shit. And, um... There was one bump that uh, he, uh, Joey Janela laid uh, Teddy Hart across the ropes, and he did like a double stomp onto him, and um, he landed face first himself onto the ladder, like jaw first. Just fucking just brutal, man. Just, I was like, yo, this dude just broke his jaw because <laughs> the way he landed, man. I just I don't know how any of them walked out of that match. Joey, dude, I don't know, man. He, that's another guy that like you don't have to do so much, and which I think he's toned it down a little bit. He's not doing like a big bump every fucking card now. Mm. Um, but he stepped it up here, man. And Teddy Hart, I got to give the guy credit, man. The guy fucking just, just killed it. Absolutely. I mean, you were looking at like a like a 25-year-old Teddy Hart, you know. Yeah. And there was no cat here? There was no cat, no. Yeah, that's 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 one thing that uh will bring me a little bit closer to fan of Teddy Hart is he leaves the fucking cat out. You know, stop with that bullshit. It's not that fucking serious that you need to have this fucking medicated cat traveling all over the fucking country with you. And I mean, maybe it's in the back. Maybe it's still in the fucking building. But, you know, dragging out in front of the fucking crowds is not good for an animal. It's just not. Yeah, I think uh, there was a spot where uh, I mean, I haven't seen the cat at the last couple of shows that he's been at. Hmm. Um, Actually, I only saw him at the one show with Strickland. That was the only time I saw Hmm. the cat out. Right. Um, And Jersey All Pro, of course, he would bring him there. Um, but I mean, they, they had like, you know, the, the cat carrier, they brought it out. Um, like Penelope was, was teasing it. Like Joey was going to like do a bump to a cat or something. I don't know what it was, but clearly it was empty. There was nothing in there. So I don't, I don't know. I don't even think they had the cat there, but, right. um, which is good. 
But uh, definitely, anybody, go out of your way to watch this fucking match. I mean, this, this match was... This is one of those matches you're going to look back at and say, like, that was that was a fucking... I, I just saw a spectacle. I mean, just being there, man, I, I, it gave me goosebumps that, like, Nick Gage and, and Tremont did. You know, like, th- those were the last two times that I literally got, like, goosebumps from a fucking... You know, watching a card and being like, oh, shit, like, this is... You know, and, it, and it's 2017, dude. We've got so spoiled over the years that it's hard to get that feeling again. Right. You know, so when you get it again, it it, it kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't going into the show expecting to see a, an instant classic that I probably would yeah. And that's there as one of the mas- best matches of the year. And that's the thing that, you know, GCW really needs to fucking realize their strengths and realize what they can do. And I know, you know, Nick Gage and uh, Tremont happened at the end of the fucking tournament, which was the best fucking way you could end that tournament. But, um... You know, they really need to fucking figure out what that strength is and and their ability to put on absolute classics and just bottle that and don't fucking don't step on your own shit. You don't need, you know, four light tube matches surrounding what's going to be fucking remembered all the time. Even that match steps on a lot of that other light tube shit, because, uh, you know, if that's what they're talking about. Why the fuck does, you know, uh, Marcus Crane got to walk around with saw scars for the rest of his fucking life for the third match on the card, you know, or, or whatever that was. Uh, it just it seems like it's it's for nothing, you know, and yeah, you give people their death match. They like their death match. They like their couple death matches. You're putting on a fucking uh, complete and the most talked about match on that card is that non death match, that hardcore style Teddy Hart, Joey Janela match. So. You know, it kind of shows that you really can just blow the fucking crowd away without just 200 light tubes every time. And I'm not saying not to do that. I'm a fan of all of that stuff. I just think it's overkill to do that much shit on a match. And uh, I think the next match you were talking about was the Arrow Boy match, and and the crowd was pretty dead for it considerably, right? Yeah, I mean, the crowd was 100% dead. And, like, you know, you could tell the crowd loved it. It It was an amazing match ton of crazy spots obviously tubes again ladders you know you're gonna get crazy spots and g raver brought it man i mean i know it was the second match of the night he was doing the lucha style he was flying all over the place arrow boy killed it and it was a dude honestly like at this point the the show was about three hours long you know and this match probably went for almost 30 minutes man and and it was dead the crowd was dead in the first five minutes so they dragged it out an extra like 25 minutes for no reason you know, like, this was a match you could have cut short down to 10 minutes, done, you know, two crazy spots. The crowd was dead. They were, they were getting nothing out of that crowd. This is actually a match that I'm looking forward to seeing on DVD because I was tuned out by this time. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I honestly, I don't even remember the spots because I, I kind of tuned out because um, it was just too much. But, uh, I mean, again, I'm not shitting on it. It's, it's a great fucking call. I mean, it's crazy shit all over the place. I just, I just think that you can do less and risk less, you know, because mm-hmm. again, all you need is one of these um, wrestlers to get injured, one of the fans to get injured, and this shit's over with. Yeah. So risk it less. Yeah, and you know, and you could look at a couple of these things, and and they could all be main events on any show. This Arrow Boy G Raver match, I haven't seen it, but I guarantee you that thing could have main evented a show. Um. You know, that that didn't contain these other matches. And, I mean, you got to give fucking respect to G. Raver for fucking filling in in a death match. You know, oh, yeah. Danny Havoc's last death match or, or whatever, in Jersey at least. I know a lot of people kept saying that uh, this is his last death match in GCW. But they have, like, they're going to announce their next show, like, at the end of the show where it's Danny Havoc's something or other. 
in Wisconsin, yeah. right? Yeah, so it's uh, two weeks. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, um, you know, to fill in for that, put on, a, I'm sure, a fucking crazy shit with Danny, and then still go on to what is a huge, huge matchup with Arrow Boy. I mean, that's a fucking fly in and everything. And uh, shit, man, big up to him to fucking you know work double duty like that. And sadly, like I said, a lot of it's gonna be kind of for nothing, forgotten. Once again, that's that's a match that I'm actually really looking forward to seeing on DVD because I I kind of tuned out. Um, I know they used the tattoo needles, which was expected, you know, obviously with uh, G Raver. Uh, a bunch of cool spots, man. You know, nothing nothing to complain about. Definitely go out of your way to check out Airboy. That dude is underrated. Does a ton of crazy shit, and I give him a lot of respect for coming to the states. Uh, you know, ever since TOD when he took all the fucking crazy shit from from Masada first round. Yeah, I was like, oh, I need to see this dude again, and uh, we haven't gotten that, and we got it over the weekend. So it's funny. I uh, I was talking to my tattoo guy. I was getting my stuff done, and I told him about this G Raver dude, and I said, you know, he's a tattoo artist. I said he does the death matches, and uh, he does spots where he sticks the fucking tattoo needles in his fucking head and shit. And I showed him a picture. He's like, oh fuck, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, you show a tattoo guy who doesn't know about death match wrestling that shit. And they're they're using those things all day, <laughs> and they suddenly see him hanging out of someone's fucking head. You get a you get a crazy reaction. It was hilarious. <laughs> but um, this brought us to our main event, the match that I thought was gonna steal the show. But uh, that was definitely Teddy Hart and Joey Janela. This match was um. It was fucking stiff as hell, man. I mean, you can imagine Matt Riddle going against Nick Gage. You got what you expected. I mean, the chops were just fucking just... It was hard to watch it, man. I'm sitting there like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, you guys are just fucking killing each other. And I got to give GCW credit and those guys credit for... Dude, the crowd was hot as fuck by here. You mm-hmm. know? Like, they, they rested during the G-Raver and Airboy match, which was, which was unfortunate. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, but then by this time, the crowd was wide awake, man. I mean, the crowd was fucking hot as hell. Um, they, they did a bunch of German suplexes to each other. No soul did, just stiff as fuck. You know, elbows to the neck a hundred times in a row. You can hear every single time. They're not slapping their knees. It's, it's actual contact. They brawled in the crowd, which I posted a video. I don't know if you saw it, but they were just fucking slapping the shit out of each other. Just... It's fucking just absolute crazy shit. Um, I really like the fact that they brought the the, the tubes and the, and the fucking the barbed wire for this. Now I don't mind it for this because right. it's it's your main event and and one what makes it special is that you don't get this Matt Riddle anywhere else. You know, um, so they brought out a bunch of barbed wire and Matt Riddle sold the fuck out of it, dude. He was looking around like he was nervous, he was scared, you know, because he was out of his, out of his element. You know, he's not he's not and- in the UFC cage. And they really built and sold that through Nick Gage's promo, and I love that promo. Other than him, there's no reason for the the cell block shit, dude. Like, but that that fucking promo was awesome. And you know, he just said like straight up, like, dude, you're coming into my world. You have no idea the type of shit I'm gonna do to you out there. So he, I mean, you knew it had to go there, and I, I expected that. I think we talked about it before that I predicted some shit that you didn't really expect out of Matt Riddle to happen because this is Gage's deal, and there's no way there's going to be tubes all over the building. Then Gage is going to stay away from him for his match for you know Riddle or whatever. Um, but yeah, the promo, like the only thing is like, dude, he broke down all Riddle's accolades until I don't want to hear no more of that shit. Yeah, let me tell you about my accolades. In Cell Block, da-da-da, we did this. In, in 
Fight Club fucking cell block East gang, whatever the fuck. Uh, like, dude, y- your history in fucking wrestling. Let's talk about that. Talk about your fucking tours of Japan. Talk about your fucking wars in the cage of death, tournament of death, dying at the fucking tournament of death. You know, let's, let's talk about that shit. Like, nobody gives a fuck about your cell block, dude. Like, it, you fucking violated parole and went back to prison. And when, when you ba- went back to prison for that year, you're suddenly like fucking Suge Knight in, in prison. Like, it, Get the fuck out of here, dude. Everybody in the wrestling community and the fans respect the fuck out of Nick Gage for his fucking career as a wrestler. as a bad motherfucker that no one questioned for one second. Like, you don't need to tag gang affiliated to that. Because, again, I knew a lot of gang affiliated people and I never heard the words gang affiliated out of them. Like, you just... You'd hear what the fuck they're representing, but you wouldn't hear gang affiliated. Like, oh, I got it. Like, I, I saw the fucking signs. And the, I mean, you got tattoos. I know who the fuck. I mean, it's that's so just true. crazy. Uh, only complaint about this match, and uh, Nick Gage took the barbed wire bumps into the barbed wire boards, mm-hmm. which uh, which was stiff. But uh, he gave the bundle of light tubes to fucking Matt Riddle, which shocked the hell out of me. Mm. I, I expected tubes and everything, but I thought Gage was going to take it. And I thought that Matt Riddle was going to take the barbed wire bump because that's that's easier. That's something that, you know, he's yeah. probably more comfortable with. Um, and, you know, Nick Gage didn't hold back. Man. <laughs> Shattered a, a, a bundle of tubes over the guy's head and the crowd fucking popped because that's, some, that's something that you don't you won't see that at Evolve. Right. You're not going to see that in Progress. You're not going to see that in WXW anymore. You're not going to see that in CZW. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? You're not going to see that at Beyond. Or PWG or anywhere else. This is the only place you're gonna see probably a Matt Riddle match with with the fucking tube spot. Right. And um, it was it, it stood out. It was a great match. But my only complaint was it was probably like five minutes long. The which whole I match. Kinda under, yeah, dude, it was like five shit. six minutes long. And I I expect it to be short because it's a fight. You know, like they, these guys are beating the shit out of each other. I'm not expecting a 20 minute match. You know, because it was stiff. Like it, they were barely wrestling. It was more of just let's go beat the shit out of each other for five minutes and get it over with. Um, so it had that big fight feel to it, for sure. There was no, you know, downtime. There was no nothing slow about it. They just no sold everything and just beat the shit out of each other until they just fell apart, um, which was fine. But I just I don't know, man. Having G Raver and, and Arrow Boy go for like thirty minutes long when the crowd is dead and then the crowd gets hot and you do this for five minutes and I don't know. Just, yeah, that's. Yeah. But I'm I'm looking forward to seeing it though. Um, yeah, maybe they'll great, do a rematch and give it a little more time or something. But yeah. Yeah, apparently he said he'll he'll be back, um, and you know he did that match with Dan Severn, so I mean he's he's done business with them before. Um, some people are saying they think that uh, Matt Riddle wanted to wrap it up fast. I saw a bunch of people comment. There's obviously nothing to it. Do you think that's a possibility that after he took the tubes, he was just like, yeah, you know, yeah. Maybe I mean, who fucking knows? I mean, it could have been the plan overall to just like let's let's do it fucking, you know, sprint and just fucking beat the shit out of each other and wrap it up. You know, they they could have known that. I mean, maybe they even went in going, "Hey, man." And like, dude, we're not going to get that same bullshit. And already planned out a short match, and then you know, once the crowd lit up, they just went with the game plan. I don't know. I mean, I, I really, I mean, you can only speculate when it comes to that type of shit. But you know, I mean, you could only hope for a rematch if it, if it was that short. You know, maybe they maybe they go back to the well, you know, a little bit down the road and put in a longer match. Yeah. 
Hopefully. But, uh, yeah, definitely go out of your way to check this out. It was a great fucking card. Um, and the next one is the Negage Invitational. That's going to be in uh, Howell, New Jersey, September 16th. I know they're doing that Wisconsin show. I don't know too much about that. Um, but the Nick Gage Invitational, obviously you're going to expect just absolute fucking crazy shit. Um, I'm guessing Nate Hatred is going to be in there now since, you know, obviously he's, he's back with the company. Um, but a, a definitely a, a couple standout matches, man. I mean, that Schlack and Nate Hatred, definitely check that out. Uh, Claxton and Crane, if you want just crazy, disgusting shit. Um, the tag match was, was great. Lucha, ladders and chairs was fucking crazy. And obviously the two main events, you know, just fucking... Yeah. Just tore it apart, man. It was, it was just insanity. Um, that's that. Yeah, the, the Nick Gage Invitational, hopefully history doesn't repeat itself, and uh, it's not a Nick Gageless Invitational, but because uh, last year had everything but Nick Gage. I know we've said this before, but he looks like he's he's in a good spot now, so hopefully you know, he's taking care of himself. Hopefully get some more bookings, man. I'd like to see him back and beyond. You know, I'd like to see him do some other shows. I know, like, PWS was doing some shit with him, but PWS is not really a thing. Yeah, fuck a um, PWS. Yeah, but a, a company like Beyond, you know, that's that's a good way to... Obviously, I'd like to see him back in CZW. I know, you know, whatever the fuck's going on, but, I mean, it's, that's... That's kind of the place I always want to see Nick Gage at, because it's, you know, it may not be what it used to be, but that those letters still go along with Nick Gage pretty fucking fluidly. But uh, well, speaking of CZW, wanna, let's let's talk about Once in a Lifetime. This is obviously the last time you and I got to be talking about this before the show happens. Uh, so I'll be at the show, so I'll, I'll obviously give a review and everything. But uh, let's let's you talk plan about on uh, watching the iPay review. I think. Good man, good. I'm glad to hear that. <laughs> I think. Yeah, as long as it's happening. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. I mean, uh, yeah. I, I I think I plan on watching that if it's like the same normal, like I think it's like twenty bucks or something, right? Uh, probably less. I thought it was always fifteen. Yeah, but this can, might be like twenty. I can see this being twenty. Yeah, I think I'll plan on watching it and uh, see what happens. So obviously, for uh, once in a lifetime, I said uh, Matt Travis and um, once again, what the fuck is the guy's name? Ken Broadway. Broadway. Ken Broadway. I'm never going to remember his fucking name. Ken Broadway and Matt Travis are making their CCW debut. Once again, it's not announced, but it's... I know they're going to be there. I'm guessing they're going to challenge Private Party. Uh, Private Party doesn't have a match yet. Um, smart way would be to debut those guys with House of Glory guys. Guys that have trained with them. Guys that have wrestled them a thousand times. Put on a fucking great match. Open the card with that. Get those guys over. Get some more people on your, uh, on your roster that... Uh, are local, don't cost too much, you know, so I, I hope to see that. It's Once again, it's not announced, but that's, I'm hoping to see that. Um, yeah. I know Shane Strickland and Masada, that's announced. Yeah. Uh, thoughts on that? Do you think Masada's taking a title? Nah, I don't think so. I think I think they've landed on the guy who should probably hold on to it for a little while, although you don't like it. Um, I think Shane Strickland's the guy. I mean, him and Sammy absolutely killed it at that uh, whatever circus show. And, uh, you know, I, this is a guy that can do that type of crazy shit. And, uh, you know, I think he can go above and beyond for the company and really, you know, work, you know, a, a various amount of guys. And I think that's going to be really clear when he works Masada at this show. And, um, yeah, 
I like Strickland. I think this is a good thing. I hated the fucking promo that they did backstage with Hamhead in there. Like, he's one of the fucking boys. Like, he's fucking, like, leaning into... He's not even just an extra. He's, like, leaning in, nodding his head, like, damn right, bro. Me and you from day one. Like, the fuck out of here, Hamhead. (laughs) He looks retarded. He looks like a special needs kid that they fucking let in there for, like, a -a make-a-wish. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't know he was a school photographer, man. That's that's creepy as fuck. Did not know that. He's what? He's a school photographer, apparently. Oh yeah. Did do, do they let him photograph the girls or or no? Like CCW? <laughs> yeah, probably not. Because I know WSU, they all fucking run away from him. Maybe the, the girls in the school too. They. <laughs> yeah, I don't... He just photographs like the boys' side of the fucking school. <laughs> Girls' yeah. photos are on Tuesday. We'll have someone who's not fucking somebody creepy. Else. We'll have somebody else do a run-in. Yeah, but, maybe Blake uh, goes by and shoots the fucking girls. Yeah. Uh, surprisingly, not too many matches announced for Once in a Lifetime, which makes yeah. no fucking sense. Dude, I just don't get it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but they're moving progress in the right direction. It's uh, <laughs> you know, they're making they have momentum in a whole different direction that uh, should be well respected. Yeah, I don't, I don't really see a card here. Uh, Shane Strickland and Masada, obviously the main event, which we'll get into. That's, in the whole you're looking at the month. website. Yeah, yeah uh, Joey Janela and Leo Rush, the final chapter, his last uh, CZW match. That'll be a classic. I expect that to be right up there with the Teddy Hart match, if not better. Um, I feel like I'm probably gonna echo myself next week and. You know, when I'm doing the review, I'll say that that was probably one of the best matches of the year. Um, so I expect nothing less out of that. I expect that to steal the fucking show. You know what I mean? Like that's going to be the, the the match that, you know, obviously it's cool to see Onita and, and Matt Tremont, but I don't expect anything. I don't expect to walk away from that saying that was, that was uh, you know, match of the year. It'll be legendary, but it won't be match of the year or anything. I mean, now, I, I don't know what the fuck, man. This dude spent over a week in the fucking hospital. Like, he's Going still... Nine days. Nine days. He's days. still right now in the fucking hospital. And, you know, I know this is Matt Tremont. This is a guy who, you know, in case anybody hasn't heard me, put him over in the past, carried Deathmatch Wrestling on his back when it was dying. He fucking brought it back and became... Not only did, did he, he break in and you know, earn respect through the top guys in the fucking business. He became the guy in the fucking business. Um, he, he won every tournament across the fucking country over and over. Um, he, he became the fucking man in, in deathmatch wrestling. And now that, you know, some guys are resurfacing the Nick gauges and, you know, he's, he's letting motherfuckers know that the Supremes, the, uh, I mean, you, you name it, whoever wasn't around for a while, the homeless Jimmy's, He's wrestling all these fucking guys who, you know, used to be the fucking guy and showing that, look, he fucking claimed the crown. He he, he became the guy and, you know, he, he did everything he could to show who the fucking boss was and, you know, that he's made his place in deathmatch wrestling as, as one of the absolute best ever out there. And, you know, his promo abilities, top notch, this and that. Put all of that shit aside this is a human being who spent the last nine days in the hospital. Uh, you know, that all that gimmick shit, that's all cute. He's going to break out and fucking uh, match of a lifetime. And this, this is fucking dangerous as far as I'm concerned. I don't know what his condition is. I don't give a fuck what his condition is. And I don't mean that like I don't care about the guy. I mean, 
anything that keeps you in the hospital for nine days, I'm pretty sure, you know, post-op or fucking uh, discharge directions don't also include death match with fucking icon, uh, you know, less than a week out. I, I just, I worry about the dude, you know, as far as his, his health, whatever the fuck's going on with him. To go into this, Matt Tremont doesn't take this type of shit lightly. He's not a guy who's going to go, dude, I'm not up to par. We're going to do the best we can and wrap it up. Matt Tremont, I said before there was a health scare, is going to try to die in that fucking match. Like, the type of stuff that you've seen him do in a match against Supreme to make it look good. Uh, the type of stuff you've seen him do in a match with DJ Hyde to make it look good, the bumps he's taken, the lengths he's gone, to try to go as far as he fucking can to make that match memorable, to make that match something. This match means more than all of those matches. And it definitely fucking worries me on what he's going to do out there if he gets out of the fucking hospital in the time to actually wrestle this match. Um, and you know, his, his wife has continuously, uh, reiterated that this definitely happening. He's not done. He's not this, he's not that man. She posted the picture of him today and he looks fucking terrible. He looks absolutely terrible. This guy, I don't even think is in his thirties yet. He looks fucking terrible. Um, I 27, Jesus Christ. And uh, I, I don't know, man. I you know I can't speak for him or this or that. My personal opinion, I think if he gets into this match, fucking lay it all on the line like he always does, and fucking retirement speech after this fucking match. I mean, this guy put fucking thirty years on his body. In I mean, when did he break in? Yeah, in less than ten years, this dude has aged himself fucking 30 and that that's that's crazy i know he loves the business i know he loves what he does i I wouldn't expect him to have it any other way but i mean fuck that you know he, he quickly gets into the worry about the guy's fucking safety and and longevity on the planet with with what he's doing right now so i don't know like you know, where this was like a super hyped match and, you know, obviously he would want it no other way with the guy still in the hospital. I go into this with way more concern for him than I, than I did before. I don't know that I'm, I'm quite as excited and sorry if I'm not selling the match the way that, uh, you know, I'm sure Matt himself would want me to, but I I go into this with a lot more concern about the guy's fucking health than I ever did. And, uh, I don't have quite the, I can't fucking wait. They're going to fucking kill it. I hope there's explosions. I don't have quite those feelings right now. Uh, so I'm going to watch it. I'm going to hope for the best. And uh, I'm sure if Matt's fucking in there, he's going to do everything he can to make it fucking memorable. But I'm personally pretty concerned. Yeah. Um, the picture that I saw, man, once again, the guy does not look 27 anymore. You know, And no. if you look at it, Matt Tremont from 2013 he looks 10 years older, you know? Yeah. Um, the guy, he's got a lot on his body, dude. I mean, the guy's taking fucking crazy-ass bumps, you know, back to back to back, especially this year. I mean, this mm-hmm. year, dude, I mean, the guy just, 
his best year ever. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that. I mean, Cage of Death and Tangled Web and all that, that's cool, but back-to-back-to-back every month, main events in these cards, just fucking crazy tournament after tournament. I just, I don't know, man. I think it's a good way to go out August 5th, man. I'd, I'd hate to see the guy go and um, leave on a note where he didn't get to wrestle in Japan. Maybe revisit that a year down the road if you can. Right now, dude, I would wrap it up, man. His body's, he's he's torn. He's torn apart. And once again, we don't know what, what's going on with the guy. I'm just yeah. judging off of a picture. like. But you can tell anybody that's kept in a, in a hospital for a week going on however long he's going to be in there for. Clearly, there's something wrong. There's not. It's not like the guy's got the flu. You know? They get you the fuck out of there. I mean, they, they regardless right. of what it is in the hospital, they get you the fuck out of there. They don't want you there. They charge you fucking thousands upon thousands of dollars for every time you're fucking there for any type of time. So they are actually. Uh, Louis had posted something. They're going to be. Uh, I think Louis or somebody posted that they're going to be running some kind of tribute show to, to raise some money for this guy's hospital bills and everything. Because, I, dude, I, I can't imagine what nine days is going to fucking cost. So it, it's going to be substantial. Um, uh, again, I, I just. I don't know what the fuck's going on with him, but there's no way you could take nine days straight in a hospital lightly. Like they don't, you, you know, you have a fucking baby and they don't have you in the fucking hospital for anywhere near nine days. You know, uh, I mean, so many things, they get you the fuck out of there. And if they're still not okay with letting him out of there, a death match fucking five days from now is, (laughs) I, I don't know. It's, it's, I don't know. It's too crazy. It's it's too. It's not even realistic. To be honest, it's it's honestly it is unrealistic. I mean, you look at the picture, man. I mean, dude. Honestly, not not to bring the show down on on a depressing note, but you know when my father was in like hospice, like that's that's the way his eyes looked. You know what I mean? And if if this is like the best picture that you could post, you know what I mean? This is the best he's looked in the last week. Shit. You shouldn't go into a fucking a match like that. Honestly, dude, like as a fan, I'll I'll pay that money. Dude, I'd I'd rather this guy live. You know, I don't yeah. fuck I don't need a match. You know? Yeah. And you know, pay the look, same I- money to fucking Nick Gage, dude. Pay him some extra money and save this guy. Find a replacement, you know? Have Masada do double duty or something, you know? It doesn't matter. You and know, as far I, as replacements, I know that's the last thing that Tremont wants to hear fucking people saying right now. I know a lot of this shit is not not what he wants fucking people to hear. He wants to hear the you know the the high up spirits and everything's gonna be all right. But I don't know, man. It's just it's just not my mentality. And uh, you know, I, I hope for the absolute best for that dude. But I I am looking more for his his actual health, and I hope for that dude to fucking be living a long, long time. And uh, you know, uh, shit, he's he's far fucking younger than me. And, um, you know, by over 10 years, I mean, I'm over 10 years older than him and I look a lot fucking younger than that dude. Um, you know, it's just uh, to talk possible replacements. I I think there's only a few that are actually going to live up to that type of hype. Um, and I, I honestly don't think there will be a replacement. I think you're going to get Tremont one way or another in a hospital bed. Yeah, but dude, what if what? I mean, legally, what if they can't let the guy out? I mean, oh, yeah. Like honestly, dude, we don't know what's wrong with the guy. I mean, it's got to be something like really serious, you know? Oh it's, yeah, this is no fucking joke. This it is does. not some. This is not over wrestling, you know. I don't think this is a wrestling bump that put him in there. No, no, this no. This is something that's like, dude, you know, you're staying your ass here for ten days. You're not leaving, you know. Right. We're liable for you. You're not leaving. 
Right. I don't care if you have the money or not. You're not leaving because you're not going to sue us if something goes down. Clearly, no, it's not okay, you know? Right. And I don't think a lot of people understand that. I mean, a lot. I saw, and with all due respect, you know, a lot of people, usually wrestling fans are pretty shitty. Uh, a lot of them <clears throat> were out there saying, you know, we'll still go to the match. You know, we want you to be healthy. Don't don't put your, you know, health at, at, at jeopardy or anything like that. But you know there's going to be some dickheads that just don't don't understand, you know? Right. And, um... I'd rather the guy live, man. Honestly, miss the fucking show, dude. I, even yeah. if you were okayed, I still, I honestly wouldn't do it. I don't yeah. think it's okay. I, I agree 100%. As much of a dream match and a once-in-a-lifetime this is, uh, let's just talk about the lifetime in general. You know what I mean? Like, never mind the title of the show and, and what it actually means. But, I mean, this is this is his, uh, you know, this is his shit, man. So, I... I, I'm not gonna go out, you know, trying to talk the guy out of him. It's gonna be what it is. Uh, he's a grown ass man. But let's talk about um, the the possible replacements. If if this does come down to that, I think there's only two names uh, personally. Um, I think um, Nick Gage is is a an absolute. I know he's not on good terms with CZW, but uh, you can cut uh, Matt Tremont promo from the fucking hospital saying he'd fucking hate for this to happen. But Nick Gage, he got it to wrestle his idol earlier this fucking year. Now he's fucking handling his idol the biggest dream match you could possibly fucking think of. And you know Gage is going to go out there and fucking tear it up. It's going to be huge. The fucking roof's going to come off the building. I think that's the absolute go-to best best possible scenario. I don't know if they could work it out. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. That's, that's number one to me. And two to me, like I say, um, Danny Havoc going out of the business... I think this this would be a fucking hell of a send off for him to wind up with the Onita match, but um, those are the two major ones for me. Yeah, I think um, even have Nick Gage, you know, cutting the promo at the hospital with with Matt Tremont, you know what I mean? Build it up, dude. You you can get some hype out of that shit. Oh, absolutely, you know? absolutely. It's like it's like you know, I gained respect for this guy. You know, we fucking tore it apart a month and a half ago. We killed each other. You, know, you can even sell it as you know that that might be the reason he's in the hospital now. He took so much beating that night, you know sell it just right. fucking capitalize on the opportunity and build something new but i i honestly you know i mean even if it's nick gage it's it's not gonna my expectation was tremont so like that's the match that i want to see but sure. obviously dude health first you know fuck all this mm-hmm. you know um ariel salt is coming back yeah uh all right no one announced yeah. Dude, nothing is announced. Why is nothing announced for this fucking show? It's I don't so even know what I'm paying forty five dollars for, except for Onita, which is fine. I, that's a loan that's worth it. But Onita, the like, guy who spent nine days in the hospital right now, is your investment. Yeah, and it's just it's mind boggling that there's only three fucking matches announced. I just I don't on on a card that's probably gonna have like eight matches. You know? Yeah. On a side note, like on uh, you know, before we you know get off it, because uh, I mean we're pretty much gonna wrap it up soon anyway. But uh. Uh, fucking go out to Bulldozer's collectibles. For the most part, uh, you know, uh, Miss Tremont is over there, you know, in between being with uh, Matt at the hospital. Go support the dude. Fucking load up on merch. Fucking, uh, you know, get a Best of Matt Tremont DVD shoot interview. Whatever you can that's going to help support Tremont. You know, I'm not a GoFundMe type of guy, but go buy the fuck out of this guy's merch. You know, he's put out the best year of his fucking career towards the end to begin with. If he's at the show, buy every fucking shirt that's in that building, you know, sell out of his fucking shirts, uh, you know, do everything you can to help support this fucking guy because uh, he is a guy that actually put out 
out all in the fucking ring. So, I mean, if you're one of those merch buying fucking animals, fucking steer it in his direction because uh, he 100% deserves it. You know, he's not one of those guys that ever fucking uh, phones it in when it comes to his his performance out there. So, you know, by all means, go support the fuck out of Matt Tremont because he needs that shit financially more than anything right now. And I'm sure it'll help lift his spirits, too, to fucking jack that account up. Yeah. And honestly, I mean, you and I both have uh, talked about it on separate shows. And even going a couple of weeks back, we kind of talked about this. Um, with the GoFundMe, it's like this is this is a situation where I'm okay with right. somebody going out and Absolutely. doing a GoFundMe. This is a time to use GoFundMe. You yeah. know? Not not to buy new fucking wrestling gear and boots. I don't give a fuck about that, man. Yeah. And it's not wrestling related like, dude, I took a crazy ass bump at fucking King of the Death Match and now I knew you need to fix my leg. This is some some deep rooted health shit. And, you know, he wants to keep it private, keep it private, it's fine, but we know he's in, in some fucking serious need right now. Um little quick uh little news bits here and there. Uh Dan Moff is going to TNA. Uh, so good for him. I, I mean, I'd like to see them going as the hit squad. Sure. Um, kind of going with that whole LAX thing. You know, they already got Loki up there. They got Sanjay Duck. They got a ton of fucking guys that came, you know, from the same group. Um, so I'd like to see them up there. Hopefully they go up there. I know they got Heavenly Bodies. You know, those PWS guys. That's fucking trash. Yeah, I don't know who they are. Yeah, it gives a fuck about that. So uh, that's cool. They're up there. Uh, American Rana, Beyond happened last night. Joey Janela and Matt Riddle. That was uh that was the main event. I'm sure they fucking tore it down. And uh, RPG Vice went against uh the Hit Squad, which uh that that was like a kind of like a unique match that I didn't really expect. So nice. definitely looking forward to this coming out. Obviously, I haven't watched it, so I can't review it or anything. But uh, be on the lookout for that when it's on DVD. Well, obviously, we'll you know revisit it and talk about it on here. Yeah. Um. What else we got? Uh, Brandon Kirk. I forgot this on the GCW uh, review. Uh, he came out. Um, and he smashed the bundle on uh, Drew Chahos. Drew oh, Chahos yeah. took a bundle. Yeah. Chahos. Um, so basically, his new gimmick is he's like the shooter. Okay. So this guy goes like from like indie to indie and like shoots on people, quote unquote, like fake shooting, obviously. Um, that video that I sent you that was like fucking like fourteen minutes long. This whole thing started from that. Uh, basically that dude's like a big time YouTuber. He's like a fucking nerd. He like collects replicas and action figures and all kinds of shit. Um, so a lot of these shindies, including Rob Fury, SWF, uh, JPCTW, whatever the fuck they're called in Jersey. Uh, a lot of these shindy companies that, that get like 20 fans, they've been booking this guy as a wrestler. He's a mm. YouTuber, just, just fat fucking wrestling fan, never wrestled before. And they're giving him the opportunity to step in the ring and take bumps and not really take bumps, you know have people bump for him but um so his gimmick was he attacked this guy and it was supposed to be a shoot so he like punched the guy in the head um the guy like flipped out and it was at a charity show which i thought was super shitty to do an angle at you know like this mm-hmm. type of angle where you got kids there and he's saying like suck my dick in front of them and i'm just <laughs> like no, this is not a czw gcw show like this is just fucking weird it's a shindy there's a ton of old people families you know they're trying to do this thing all like this is real the cops are going to be called and you know, I'm attacking this guy for wrestling because I stand for real wrestling. This guy isn't trained. You know, these, I, mean, I get it. He, he probably is right. The guy, you know, uh, there's, there's, I, I'll give him some credit. There's, there's some, um, something to that. The guy isn't trained. He shouldn't be in the ring. But to try to do an angle out of it and use this guy's like fucking, he's got like a million people subscribed on YouTube. To try to get his following 
to come to these shindies and let this guy put other people's bodies at risk. I just right. super fucking shitty. But uh, that, that Brandon Kirk kid, expect him to just kind of invade different indie companies and just shoot on random people. That's his new game. Well, I guess um, Joey kind of smashed his gimmick a little bit because uh, he gave him a big shout out after he got his wallet stolen. Brandon Kirk bought him a meal and shit and took care of him. So <laughs> I guess he, you know, being the big dickhead gimmick is uh, you know, a little, little tarnished through the Internet. But, uh, you know, whatever it is, what it is, obviously he did something nice and, you know. Um, one last quick thing, uh, hybrid wrestling, obviously Matt Tremont couldn't do that match either. Uh, it was supposed to be Tremont and Abyss, uh, Masada replaced him at the Monster Factory. So it was, a uh, Masada versus Abyss. Nice. Um, you think that's a good replacement? Is that, is that a match that you would want to see? Abyss and Masada? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think they had all some roots from, uh, wild side, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, they, they probably had some some good chemistry there. I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a big looking forward to an abyss match kind of guy, but, uh, you know, Masada could work his ass off. So I'm sure they made something out of it for sure. Yeah. Uh, once again, I didn't get to go to the show. I had to uh, get my knee drained that day. So I was out of commission and, uh, but I'm definitely looking forward to the DVD. I'll, um, I'll bring it back and we'll review it on the show and shit like that. But uh, that's about all I got, man. I yeah, man, I'm I'm all set, man. I just fucking got home from the gym, pretty much got over here, did this thing. I, I got to the gym a little late, so by the time I got out of there, I was talking to Devin on the way home. I, I just fucking threw the fucking headset on and started going, so I got to, like, fucking get massive amount of food into me because I'm, like, fucking jittery off of this <laughs> post-workout fucking. I hear you, man. Yeah. Well, uh. I'll attach the the portion that Jeremy and I did. So if you want to continue listening a little bit more in depth with the GCW review, and uh, we'll be back next week. And you know, I'll obviously be at once in a lifetime, and we'll see what happens with that. It's gonna be a long ass show tonight, huh? It's gonna be a long ass show. It's gonna be a three hour show. Nice, fucking yeah, man. And I'll watch the eye pay per view, so that way, um, you know, that, that'll motivate me to definitely watch it. So that way, um, you know, we can actually review the show uh, from two different perspectives absolutely subscribe to both tht podcast and yakuza on itunes and we will be back next week oh and uh, real quick i don't know if the people who uh you know do this uh are listening to this or not but occasionally people will say like hey i want fucking podcasts to go on I'm some wrestler uh, you haven't heard of like what should i do and then they tag me in it and next thing you know like I don't know these fucking people, so I'm not really positive that I want to talk to them. Um, I, I appreciate anybody shouting me out saying, hey, you should be on that show. But like maybe hit me up and ask me if I'm interested in interviewing them because a lot of times I'm not. And uh, it gets kind of awkward. So, uh, I mean, but either way. Yeah, I, I I'd always appreciate people putting me over like that. So, you know, I'm not really criticizing anything like that, but I had something today and I'm not really sure what to do with it because now that the quote unquote wrestler friend requested me because someone requested me to interview him and I don't fucking know who he is at all. So, um, you know, but, but thanks. I mean, <laughs> thanks. I'm probably just going to know sell the fuck out of it, but um. I appreciate it. Anyone who listens and anyone who says, hey, he's the guy to talk to, fucking thank you so much because, uh, you know, it is what it is. Uh, I, I enjoy anyone who's uh, enjoying what I do. 
Absolutely, man. All right, man. We will be back next week, and thank you for listening. Turn the fucking beat on. Yeah. We back. SP. Had to switch back to Don Perry on the rap, baby. Cock and run to stand the business. Son of a bitch. Double R. Look at me now. Kiss the game. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back with the Yakuza Kick Hot Tag collaboration, and I got Jeremy on the line. Uh, Jeremy was Yo. at uh, GCW last night with me, so figured uh, I'd get you on so we can uh, review this, and since you were in attendance and you had obviously better seats, I missed a lot of the spots, so I figured you know, you'd know be a perfect guy to get on in case I missed anything to kind of fill me in uh, with what I missed. So, GCW, man, overall... Uh, what are your thoughts about, about like, you know, the, the, the vibes of the building? Obviously, it was a somewhat of a different crowd. Um, the attendance was a, a little higher than they had expected because I know I, I talked to Lauderdale and he was kind of nervous uh, probably about a week or two ago about, you know, pre-sale tickets. But I think they, they drew a decent house. I mean, I'd say a, a good 350 to 400 people. Absolutely. First of all, Shane, thanks for having me on, man. I really appreciate it i love talking to you so especially we were both at this show it was a great show man i mean top to bottom which we'll we'll get into but i agree i think the attendance i was pleasantly surprised uh because i we talked and you had told me before that they were they were a little nervous about the sales not being up there where they normally are and when i got there the parking dude I yeah. mean, you had to park way in the in the back of the trees and stuff. So when I saw the parking, I thought, hmm, doesn't look like they did too bad. And it was packed in there, bro. I mean, where I was anyway, everybody was on top of each other. I mean, it was shoulder to shoulder. So, I mean, it seemed like a packed crowd. And I will say this, I mean, uh, like you said, a different kind of crowd. To me, it was a lot of, which props to GCW for this, because to me, it seemed like a lot of your non-traditional or rather WWE or something wrestling fans, because I didn't really recognize any of them. And as you know, I go to shows monthly, not just GCW, On Point, whatever. So you kind of get to know the, the wrestling fans locally here. And I really... There were very few I recognized. I, they were all new people that I saw. So good for them, though. I mean, they, yeah, I, I thought the house was packed, man. And so good for them. They they just keep doing it. I mean, there was a, uh, a corner they turned there. So if you remember the, the first few shows. Oh, yeah. 80 the, people. They turned it was bad. Yeah, they were so bad. And then all of a sudden they turned a corner where, bam, it just, they, they kind of hit a, I don't, I don't know what happened. They Somehow the word got out and. It's just a fire, a fuse got lit, and they're running on autopilot now because every show the attendance is, I would think, they've got to be happy with the crowds they're drawn. Yeah. I um, I saw a lot of kids there. Not not necessarily, like, you know, I'm not talking about five-year-olds, but, you know, good, like, 14-year-olds to, to 16-year-olds. Um, yeah, it seemed like a lot of teenagers in there, which uh, usually would, would bother me because they're annoying, but... uh. I mean, I'm I'm happy for them because that's the type of people that you want to get. You know, I mean, as as much as you know, you yeah. and I love it, but 
you want to get the get the future fans invested in your product early. I mean, I saw those kids; each of them had like three shirts from the event. You know, just buy wow. all kinds of merch. You know, that's that's the type of guys you want, not fucking, you know, guys like you and I that have been, you know, yeah. going for years. And uh, you exactly. want to get new people. Yeah, you want to get yeah. new people. I agree, and they were. I agree. I saw the same thing, man. In fact, sitting right next to me was a dad and his son, and they were all geared up with the merchandise on and stuff. You know, so it definitely was like I said, people that I don't remember or recall ever seeing before, and I could also tell because my section. All the people I was watching them, no zero reactions when the themes hit. Like you and I would know as soon as the theme hits, we know who's coming. You're on your feet, we're clapping or whatever. Right. But they weren't moving, man. And then they would see the guy. Then oh oh, and you know that's Joey Janela, and then they're up. And so it was kind of funny, but but you're right. I mean, that's the kind of fan that is going to push a company over the edge, man. Yeah, in plus- a good way. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, I feel like they're doing what uh, CZW failed for for many years is to build a new audience if, if you know, the originals yes. aren't going anymore. And, um, you know, I almost feel like, like the GCW building, that building, you will look at it in five, six years as like a legendary building, you know, because they're already kind oh, of... Oh, I, I yeah, agree. They're already kind of teasing that where, you know, guys, like hardcore guys will come in and be like, you know, Ultraviolence lives in this building. When you, you know, when you come to this building, you step it up. You know, by by a hundred percent. So I feel like you know that's that's a that's a big selling point. Um, when a yeah. lot of people see these clips that that went viral with Joey or the Nick Gage and Traymon, they're like, oh shit, I want to be there. That that looks crazy. That's something that oh yeah, I've never seen before. You know, and you got to imagine like a lot of those kids, man. I mean, how old were they when when you know CZW was was in its prime? They were probably like barely oh, born. You know what I mean? So exactly, um, if if that, I mean, because now we're talking when when the dub was. When the dub was still the combat zone, as Gage said last night, which is, I, I was popping for that because couldn't have said it better. It was once the combat zone, and ain't no more. But, um, yeah, but when that happened, man, we're talking what? 01, 2002? These kids, you know, they, were, they weren't even thought of, a lot of them. So, you're right. It's time to make a new audience. And I think that, man, I just sit there and I think, GCW, and I tell Danny and Brett this sometimes, that they really had a vision, man, and they, they did it because I was even doubting it at the time. When they were drawing so low attendance, I thought, man, how can they keep bringing in all this talent and, you know, flying people in and flying Canadians and bringing in Bentley and Murdoch, and, but they just kept to it. And I said to Danny, I said to Jack Gladys, how can you keep doing it on the 80 people? And he said, Dude, we're just going to keep at it. And they did. So I, I give them props. All, all the respect I can, I give them. You know, even now, I don't think those guys are like, you know, like make, doing this as a career, but I think it's a good investment. It's, it's headed towards the right direction. Um, oh, I think so. Because mm-hmm. it, it almost feels, I mean, dude, they, you know, and, and <laughs> I was telling JCAT this last night when I, uh, when I told him that the show was great. He was like, oh, you always say that. I'm like, well, dude, I, mean, I can't lie about it. It's a great fu- – I mean, they're putting out a great fucking product. I can't, like – Yeah, I can't that necessarily. Yeah, I mean, I can't dissect something in a, in a negative fashion when there was nothing that necessarily was really wrong with it. Maybe a few botches here and there, but, I mean, that's a given. It's it's wrestling. You know, nothing's going to be perfect, but – Yeah, and also, too, you know, with the style that GCW does, 
a lot of the moves they go for are really high difficulty maneuvers. I mean, these are not botching an Irish whip. I mean, this is botching a drop kick onto a chair. Uh, you know, they the difficulty of the moves that they miss sometimes is really up there. So I don't think it's so easy to write people off for that. Now, Jimmy Lloyd, we'll get to him. I mean, I, his botches are a different story because he, he kind of botches everything. But even he had a pretty solid match, I thought, which we'll, we'll get to. But, I mean, you know, everybody, I agree with you, though. I, if somebody were to ask me, I'd have to say that that was a great show. Other than running long, I really, I'd have to sit there and search long and hard before I come up with something where I thought this was bad or this was not well done. Maybe some of the match order, but that'd be nitpicky. Right. I mean, I, that's that's completely nitpicking. You know, it's not like a case of CCW or exactly. you're like, well, what the fuck are you guys doing here? You know, it's never... Exactly. I've bro. never had that feeling yet with GCW neither where I, I left unsatisfied, where I was like, oh, fuck this, dude. This was a bad move. No, neither have I. Neither have I. And um, I think the one thing that helps Danny and uh, <clears throat> Brett is, is that they're still passionate about it. You know what I mean? Like, when you see... Um, you know, obviously I, I'm, I'm usually GA. So like, you know, I, I walk around, I, I, you know, I talk to different people and this, that, and a third. Sure. Um, so when the gauge in the, in the Matt Riddle match was happening, you know, Danny's like hype. Like you can tell this dude was looking forward to it as a fan. You know what I mean? Like, so oh, yeah. I think that helps a lot because you don't see DJ out there marking out and, and, and legitimately being excited to see a match. Because he, right. he's too, he's trying to be too much of a businessman. You know, these guys, I almost feel like they're still fans at heart. And, um, yep. That kind of helps them with the vision of okay, like I'm a fan. This is what I want to see. You know, I feel That's like exactly DJ doesn't have that. Yeah, I don't think DJ has that where he's like, oh, okay, this is what the fans want to see. Uh, Lauderdale and 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 Danny, I think they have a good idea of what the fans want to see. What dream matches haven't happened yet because they probably want to see the same thing. You know, DJ just doesn't have that. He just doesn't get it. And I think yeah, that's, I, that's the I main agree issue. with you. I agree with you 100,000 percent. I mean. That's exactly what I would say, because I think that's why they put on these cards that blow us the fuck away, because they have that finger on the pulse where they know this is the shit I would like to see. So I'm telling you, man, you know, you, you have to. They do. They book like a fan. You know, they book badass shows. And instead of trying to give us what DJ does, like, eh, let me give you some shit and then I'll give you something that's all right. And. Whatever I do, you're going to come no matter what. That, you know, that's his philosophy, so whatever. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, Danny, uh, he, he put on a post earlier that he's been trying to make this match happen for five years. Um, yeah. The Joey Janela and Teddy Hart match, which we'll obviously get Teddy. into. Um, oh, yeah. Which they kind of teased it. I think it was the 2014 J-Cup, I want to say. Um, right, yeah. They were both in there. They did. Yeah. I don't know. Were yeah. you at that show? Yep, I was at that show, man. Yeah, that, that was, was uh, that was a great fucking show, man. I mean, that that's oh, like, yeah. dude, that that like the old JCW. I wasn't I wasn't really big on, um, the Ricky yeah. and Danny DeMonto's version. Um, right. Ricky O's like early days, you know, CM Punk, Kamasai, like the, 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 the super early, you know, Jacob days. I didn't yeah. deal with tape trading and stuff, but I feel like Absolutely. towards the end, it, it wasn't a product that I could necessarily go to anymore because. Uh, you know, you'd see a lot of like like Patriot versus like X Pac, and you know, like shit. And I'm just like, yeah, dude, I'm I'm all right. You know, fake Doink coming out after Doink's, you know, Matt Bourne's been dead for two years, bringing out a fan. I'm like, yeah, dude, that's just yeah, that, well, I have no interest in this. That's the thing, man. I don't I don't want to start in the heat, but 
I used to go to all the, I used to go to a lot of Jay-Z's out and, um, and once in a while, Danny, you know, I'll, cause I like kicking it with Danny about the wrestlers that were in there because they were so shindy. It was fun. It's funny. And even then he gets a kick out of it. You know, I'll say, Danny, you remember this match or whatever? And he gets a kick out of it. But, uh, he said, he'll say to me, dude, he says, you've been here since day one, even through all the Ricky O Carney promoting, <laughs> you know, but I mean, I don't think, that's necessarily an insult. I, I, I think it was just that, because Ricky O had some good shit. I mean, I, I enjoyed some of the shows for sure, but he also was, uh, like you said, you know, I'm going to bring in fucking Doink <laughs> and I'm going to get, you know, a few more tickets sold or whatever. So he did have that, but you're right. He was also on the pulse of, I mean, I think the first Jacob Punk was in or Brian Danielson or something. Yeah, Punk, uh, I, I mean, I Reckless yeah, yeah, youth. it wasn't around that part back, but yeah, reckless. I mean, so he definitely, he definitely broke a lot of people in um, at a time when I mean, a lot of indie stars that eventually became like flag bearers for independent wrestling. Ricky O had him booked. Do you feel like a? Uh, I mean, if any company is ever going to do it, it's probably going to be like a GCW to do it. Do you feel like uh, Reckless Youth would ever come back and do like a match against Joey Janela since Joey loves going back and you know finding uh-huh. these guys? Um, and kind of I'd love dream match. I'd love it, man. I but I've 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 seen. I want to say I saw a post from him or something where he kind of said, "No way, is that ever going to happen?" But yeah, I'd love to see Reckless Youth back, man. I think he I think he's one of the rare cases of somebody who retired when he could still contribute in the ring. You know what I mean? there doesn't seem to be a lot of guys that do that more often than not people hold on well past the time but I feel like Reckless sort of went away at a time when he might have still been very relevant but yeah, I, th- I think I think him having the tryout with WWE and getting nothing out of it probably had a lot to do with yeah. it um, I think when we had Ricky O on the show he said you know he was a legitimate you know he had an actual career he was an accountant so he doesn't really yeah. he need wrestling and wrestling was kind of starting to get in the way of his uh, real life so I think he stepped away exactly. when, uh, when he could before he got too hurt I mean never say never look at sick Nick Mondo you know no I mean you're right and if anybody can do it it's GCW man because even Mondo like you just mentioned I wouldn't be surprised to see Mondo Right, and that's a guy that in says, "Yeah," and then that's a guy that says he'll he'll never return. And uh, what do you know? Yeah. You got him playing as a as a pizza delivery guy at a wrestling show a couple weeks ago. So <laughs> I heard that. Man. Who did I hear that from? I maybe heard that on Jay's show or something. I I heard that. Yeah, it was almost like a kaiju battle type thing. Right, right. It's almost it's like a DDT type promotion. Um, but uh, I mean, a guy like Sick Nick Mondo, I can definitely see uh, coming to GCW and doing a match against Joey. They, um, Joey's definitely, you know, put out some feelers out there that he's he he wants to make that happen. And I think uh, Sick Nick Mondo, he's he's got the itch, you know, especially being in the states now, it makes it much easier than uh, being in Japan and having to fly the guy out. So never say never. We'll that, see what happens. That would blow the roof right off Game Changer World Pro. Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure, <laughs> no doubt, for sure. I don't know if he would do a death match again. Uh, but right. I feel like you know he can. They'll bring in some 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 toys. You know they'll bring in the chairs, the ladders, yeah. and all that. And that's all you really need. I don't I don't need to see Sick Nick Mondo take weed whackers and shit in 2017. That's not I don't what I'm I don't yeah I don't need to either. I mean he could just work a match similar to what we saw with Teddy and, and Joey. You know I I think they they tear the they tear the house down. 
Exactly. All right. Well, let's uh, let's let's get into this card, man. I know you said uh, you got the lineup uh, in order, so why don't we yeah. go ahead and uh, get into this card? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the the first one was the tag titles. It was Private Party, which I'm a huge fan of them. And then it was Ken Broadway and Matt Travis, correct? Murder Murder by Kicks is their name. I was I was major impressed with them, bro. Yeah, dude, they're young guys too. I think uh, probably like eighteen, nineteen, same same age as Jamie, pretty much. Um, okay, dude, I've, I've been telling uh, Lauderdale, I'm like, dude, you got you got to get those guys in because I knew he they were on his radar because he had used uh, Ken Broadway at Acid Cup, and uh, exactly, I was like, well, shit, why why aren't they bringing in uh, Matt Travis? Because that dude, yo, like the fucking the kicks they do are, are awesome. Oh, they were so good, man. They had some great maneuvers, like uh, machine gun maneuvers, like bam, 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 like Young Buck style. Yeah, I was really, really impressed. Yeah, I mean they're they're trained by uh, Amazing Red and Brian XL, so you know they they've been around top guys. Um, yeah, enough said right there. Yeah, and House of Glory guys, obviously uh, New York guys. I think they're both from uh, from the Bronx. And um, I w- I've always had that soft spot for like you know like uh, like the the New York like Hispanic dudes coming in because I always, always like the hit squad, sure. you know. So like, oh, uh, yeah. I was like, oh, the, the Brooklyn Spanish dudes, you know, they always always fucking kill it in wrestling. And if you look at it, like any. Hispanic dude that came from New York, man. They've always been they're, great. They're badass. Yeah, they've always, yeah, all, of them, all of them have been good, go, you know. Go back to the SAT, man. That was the shit. Right. You look at SAT, Brian XL, Amazing Red, the whole hit squad, you know, Low Key, Homicide, oh. all of those guys. Yeah, um, yeah dude. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I would I would even put in uh, Grim Reefer, even though he's not Spanish. I'd squeeze him in that group, you know. You I, know like, I like Ezreal too. Yeah, Ezreal, yep. Bandito. You know, there was, there was a ton of New York guys that, uh, came out and um these guys kind of remind me of like uh like like the new version of that you know like EYFBO these guys coming out mm-hmm. now um so I like all these mm-hmm. little clicks that are coming out of New York and I hope to see more of them in uh Philly, New Jersey cuz I know mostly they do just you know House of Glory but uh from what I hear they'll actually be uh debuting at CZW next weekend hasn't really? been announced but uh yeah apparently they're going to be at CZW so that's good nice man and you'll probably get a rematch because uh, these guys, they're almost like taking this, this feud on tour, you know, because they've been doing it at, at House of Glory for years. But uh, Oh, have they? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, those guys, uh, they came up together. They've been feuding there forever. Um, I don't know too much about House of Glory, but I always see the pictures of them going against private parties. So I'm expecting CZW find... for their debut. They'll bring in guys that are familiar with each other so that way they can put on, you know, a spectacle versus a botch fest. So. Exactly. I went to a couple House of Glory shows back when they were running the little gym. Now they have a nicer building, but they used to have a little tiny gym, and uh, I don't remember the name of it, but I went to a couple. I, went to, I saw Red against AJ Styles one time. Nice. It was, it was badass, man. But, yeah, I, House of Glory guys, man, to me, those guys are, you don't even need to see them. I just, it, trained by Amazing Red, trained at the House of Glory school. That tells me enough right there. I would book those kids. I've never seen a really bad house glory student. Even uh, Sasha yeah. Banks, when uh, she comes to New York, she goes and uh, she trains there. With an really? Red. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Yeah, apparently That's she got a cool. yeah. She's got a good relationship with uh, House of Glory, Amazing Red, and uh, Brian XL and those guys. So whenever she's That's usually cool. yeah, whenever they do like a SummerSlam in Brooklyn or something like that. You'll typically see okay. uh, Sasha Banks on her Instagram put up some pictures at House of Glory with, you know, Amazing Red or whatever the gotcha. case may be. So That's pretty cool. A ton of people coming through there. Yeah, even Rey Mysterio was up there. You know, he did a match against yeah. Amazing Red. You know, uh, they brought in, like, Rob Van Dam did a match against Amazing Red, Del Rio. Yep. They, they yep. had a ton of guys up there. But, uh, yep. 
One thing that surprised me, that Ken Broadway took the tubes, man. I know, I was just going to bring that up to you. They had that, that spot there. And yeah, the tubes, I was a little scared because I don't remember the spot if you do. It was something off the top rope that they did through the, the under the tubes. And it looked like Mark Quinn took him in the eye. And he, he kind of got the glass shot up and got him. It looked like it really got him in the face. And uh, I was a little afraid for them, but that was that was wild. I, I did not expect that, man. When they brought the tubes out, I thought, whoa, starting off ultra-violent already here. But that was a good match. I mean, I'm you know, the only thing, and I don't know if you felt this way. I don't know where you were standing. I was all the way across the ring. Like, when you walk in Game Changer World, I was all the way across the ring in that little the area where the, the depth of the rows are shallow. You know, like two rows or something. Over on the wall, I was over there, and so a lot of the action was in the crowd on the other side. You know, the main side towards the doors and stuff. So we, I wound up not really seeing much. Uh, it seemed like every match was spilling out over there into the crowd. But uh, and this one, I really they they went out early, and I wanted them to come back right away because I wanted to see as much as I could of them. They were they were great, all four. Yeah, yeah. I was I was by the entrance, and um, every time the, the the brawl did spill out to the outside, um, you know, I wasn't gonna like run after it. Um, right. So a lot of it I did miss, and it was funny because uh, I think a lot of people felt like that when they would come back to the ring, they would get the welcome back chant, you know. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Stuff. Thought that was clever. Exactly. I mean, nothing new, but I uh, always thought that was clever. But uh, dude, honestly, I'm okay with them not doing tubes every match. It's totally fine. You, you mean? You know, eventually, exactly. and that's that's the one thing that that worries me because I really want these guys to do well because they provide me with good entertainment. You know, once a month or you know once every two months, whatever the case may be. Um, sure. I feel comfortable there. You know, I, I like the the roster. I, I like all the cards, so I, I legitimately have a good time. It's like the one time I have, I have a good time at wrestling, and I'm not miserable. So for the <laughs> most part, I, I've, I'm choosing to just solely do GCW for the most part, unless it's a card or two here and there. Um, right. but, uh, so I want them to do well, cause this is, this is kind of like my last hope for, uh, going to live shows. Um, if they weren't Absolutely. around, I probably would probably go to like one show every four or five months or, you know, something sure, like that. Sure, sure, sure. um, the, the one thing that, uh, that kind of worries me is the more two spots that you do, obviously, uh, the higher the risk is of, of somebody getting injured. And, right. um, also it just kind of. It's, it's kind of overkill with the ultra violence, you know, and I never thought I would like complain about it and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm okay with it either way. I can just see it doing like three years of this, every match with light tubes. And then people were just kind of like, Oh yeah. And then once you tone it down, then they'll be like, Oh, what are you, what are you guys doing? We need tubes every match, you know? I and agree. I feel like it's not necessary because they, you know, they put on such high caliber matches when it comes to death matches, you know, they don't half ass anything. So when they do yeah. provide us with the one match or two of ultra violence, uh, it's fine. I don't, I don't need more than two matches of death matches on, on a card. Um, tournaments and that stuff that's different, sense. you know. Um, plus they're already doing t two tournaments a year, death match tournaments, NGI and TOS, which is full death matches. Um, so you get a shit ton right there. So you don't necessarily need it every match on on every card. I'm I'm cool with the uh, the Joey Janellas and the Teddy Hart matches that don't have tubes. Um, even guys like Private Party coming in, you know, going against other teams, totally fine. You know, bringing an Eddie Kingston, I don't expect tubes, you know, but um, right. but they they go all out, man. I mean, they they go all out with uh, and it is cool to see like guys that you wouldn't expect doing these spots, like a Scott Hall, you know, smashing tubes. You wouldn't expect that. I was shocked. Yeah, that was shocking.
I didn't even think he would touch one. I, I, I just kind of imagined him sitting there thinking, what the fuck are these guys doing? But, you know, he did. He got into it, which I thought was pretty cool. Yeah, even that, that kid, uh, Flip Gordon, you know, going against yeah. Joey Janela, he took the tubes and he fucking bled his ass off. Uh, now you see Ken Broadway. All, that was the one that got all hit, was, yeah. was Flip Gordon, and he... He swung that motherfucker like he was swinging a baseball bat, man. He did, he, man. You could tell he didn't know how to swing a tube, you know? He didn't know you You don't really have to swing it that hard to break it. Yeah, you don't, you're not supposed to bring it. it, like, through, all the way through. You know? <laughs> he just, like, exactly, full-blown, just showered the He leveled that kid, man. Yeah, yeah he did. Sure. But, no, I totally agree with you. I, I totally agree. I think that it, I mean, you're right. You and I and many of the other people I know that we go to these, we love ultra-violent deathmatch wrestling, but you're right. I can see where, for instance, uh, a, a match like Arrow Boy and Raver, which we'll get to later. I won't get too into how the match went. It was a great match, but by that time, the crowd was so exhausted. I mean, they got back up again for Gage and Riddle, no doubt. By then, the crowd was so, and they were doing amazing shit, I thought. But I recognize the, the, the notion that we've already seen every single thing they're going to do here. There's absolutely nothing they could pull off that we haven't seen. Dude, it's, it's not even that. It's not even that. One, one is the risk of, of the wrestlers getting injured. Two is it's a small venue. Uh, the yeah. fans getting injured. All you need is one guy to, to get smashed with some tubes, and that's it. Sure. Wrap it up. You know, so I think the risk is not worth doing it every fucking match, you know. And also, you yeah. you save a ton of money on tubes and stuff, you know. You don't need to do six bundles a match. It's fine. Yeah, you know? really, man. That's, it's, that's right. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, and also, you, you mentioned the tournaments. I've been saying this exact point to a lot of friends of mine, that tell me what the two major tournaments are in North America. King of the Death Matches and Tournament of Death. Why? I think a lot of it plays in part, in large parts of the fact that that is the show. Those are the ones. They don't litter the whole year with Death Match tournaments, although Ian does a couple here and there, but they're not, they're not even in competition with the King of the Death Matches, and that's kind of known because one's a tag team Death Match tournament, and they don't run that every year. The ones, uh, for, one's for kind of rookie deathmatch guys. So it's different. And I thought that as soon as they, as soon as TOS last year, TOS was great. This year was off the charts. I thought, man, I know they want to keep NGI going, but I don't think they should because to me, you can't top it. So why even try? And, and you mentioned to me earlier and we were just kind of back and forth on messenger that, and GCW kind of runs a, a round one deathmatch tournament every show. That's kind of what they're doing. Now, I don't mean that as a criticism. They're badass shows. It's just, the, like you said, the point that what's going to be so different when we turn up for the tournament now? How, you know, why are we looking at the tournament like, I can't wait for this fucking show. Oh, my God. It's just another badass show in a line of badass shows. So it's not as if it's, there's really not that special feel to it. But and that's just my opinion. I, I don't, you know, I certainly don't mean the criticism, but 
No, I mean, I guess dude, this this type of criticism is 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 good criticism because we're not coming on saying it's absolute shit. I'm saying you're doing too much good right. stuff. You know, I don't right, need right. all this. I really don't need it. You know, and I, I want I want them to do well again. So, um, I just yeah. I just would hate to see it just just you know have have a uh, just kind of get you know drain the people out and drain the crowd out or uh, something yeah. happen. And and money wise, you know, you can make more profit by not doing every every match a death match. You know. Um, yeah. I really don't think if if they just dude if they honestly just had, let's say, uh, uh, you know the G Raver and the Arrow Boy match as as the death match of the night and had like one or maybe like another, yeah maybe maybe two more matches that that was death matches. Sure, people would have been totally fine. I think you know you would have got the same reaction. You didn't really necessarily need it with a private party using tubes or anything like that. Exactly. No one expected it. We didn't need to have it. I mean. It was yeah, great, though. I agree. It was a great match. It I, was. I, I did really enjoy it. And um, yeah. I expected it to be great because, once again, those guys have uh, been training together. They've, they've grew up in the business together. So I expect nothing but a great match from those guys. And uh, oh, hope yeah. to see I, them I, in, I uh, hope, hope to see them back. Me too. Me too, man. I, I, that would be – I think that those kids are money. I, no, uh, no pun intended because I know Ken Broadway, that's kind of his gimmick, isn't it? Like, uh, come out with the money and stuff. But uh, they are. I, I think they're money, those kids. All right, let's let's go on to the next match. What was uh, what was the second match? Well, the next one they call out Schlack, and Schlack. I'm gonna try to get the quote right. He, I think he, he grabbed the mic. He said, "A tisket, a tasket." I forget what he said. Something. That I was gonna tonight. I was gonna hit the bulldozer in the bread basket, but he couldn't show up or whatever. And then he said, "Bring out, bring out somebody," and then. How came they hatred? Which I was sort of feeling that they might go there in some form. I didn't know if it'd be hatred or Zandig or they, they got enough building where I thought, well, they could they could still go in a different direction and it not be bad here. And that was that was a stiff match. I mean, you had what I expected the the double double crimson masks and you know the. You know, Schlack uh, eventually won, um, but there was there was there was some stiff shit. I mean, at one point there, like, and Nate got hurt because when Schlack slammed him, Schlack slammed him off the top rope onto some chairs or whatever on the outside. Nate wasn't really respond responding at first. Well, he was hurt, but they were. It was still a little, still a little stiff, man. I I know Schlack had said to me personally in one of the shows before. He said, "When I get Nate in the ring, I got a receipt for him." From that time, I guess when I guess Nate was sort of the reason behind why Slack needed those uh, maybe not the staples, but the time before he got a little fucked up or something, and it was something hatred did. Oh, his nipple almost fell off. Yeah, 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 yes, yes, that's what it was. And so he had said, "I got a receipt for him," and I thought I kept watching, thinking this might be the receipt. They were throwing a little a little stiff there for a while, but what'd you think of that? Yeah, I mean, you and I talked about this before it happened, and uh, one of my predictions was Nate Hatred because they had built to that. You know, it made sense. They had teased Schlack exactly. and, and Nate Hatred for the past three, four shows. Um, yep. And I feel like I feel like that's a smart move to do that. You know, um, kind of tease these feuds with guys that you can always um, have as replacements. You know, so uh, exactly. if shit goes down, it's like, oh well, it makes sense. They tease that. 
maybe I thought yep. it was going to happen in two months. Maybe they, maybe I thought they were going to build it longer. That match, you know, obviously made sense. And uh, those guys, I knew they were going to fucking kill it because uh, Schlack wasn't going to have a bad match with uh, Nate Hatred. Now, if he was going against somebody else, I'd possibly be a little right. bit worried. But uh, I knew I knew right, he wasn't going right. to take any shit, you know. And um, Hell no. it was probably Hell no. probably the best uh, Nate Hatred match I've seen since uh, his return. Ever since the NGI with uh, Masada, probably the best one. Yeah, yeah. I you know what other one I enjoyed was at and Shane, maybe you might remember. I am drawing a blank on what the name of the Christmas show was. Not Bloodlust, but Oh, uh Deck the Holes with uh Ultraviolence. Brian Woods. Yeah, I liked that. That yeah. was Brian Woods and Hatred and I thought that was a good match. But uh that I I would have to agree on that. I thought that match was great. And Nate's really been his upper body has gotten a lot more defined since he first came back around. I noticed that. So I was glad to see him. I haven't seen him for a while. I was wondering if maybe he just wasn't that interested in the business anymore. Or I'm not too sure, but, you know, but it was cool. Always cool, man. Yeah, Slack. Slack is just, he's amazing, man. I, I love everything about Slack. I love when he comes out to the ring, just the opening chords of his theme. The dude is just an experience, man. I, I was telling Jake Cat when he first when I first saw Schlack, which was at the the last dub anniversary show, I had never seen Schlack live until then. And he didn't really do much that night. He just kinda had a run in and he fucked up somebody. I can't remember who. But still, he didn't have to do much. I just just him walking out, it's just his presence, man. He has a a unique kind of presence about him. Yeah, he has an aura about him. Yeah, he really does, man. I, I just, I love Slack, man. I, I would love to say, I want to see a tournament with a few Slack matches. I really do. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I think you'll probably see that at the NGI. But uh, yeah, dude, I, yeah. this, this was like a match that needed the tubes. You know what I mean? Like if this, if this was the match, and maybe right. one more match, and the Arrow Boy and G Raver, that would have been perfect, and he would have got you know huge right. reactions for all the tube spots. And uh, they Agreed. used a ton, ton of tubes and ton of weapons and. uh but this was a really good match. It was actually better than I expected because I thought uh, Nate Hatred as a last minute um, replacement. I was like, oh, I don't know if this dude's like ready, uh, but it was it was good. <laughs> exactly. And the chair spot, I'm, I'm surprised he took that because you know he's he's an older guy. He has you know he's probably got some ring rust. Um, there was a ton of chair stacked, and he yeah. yeah, maybe that had something to do with the fact that he couldn't really get up right away after. I thought yeah, that. probably, and it looked like Scott kind of short armed him, getting off and slamming him through it. So I I don't know, but. It, yeah, I knew the spot didn't go off totally well. I couldn't see the landing, but I knew it didn't. It couldn't have been perfect, that's for sure. So, yeah, but it seemed to go it off, but, and it was it was cool to see Hatred kind of get some love at the end. You know, the yeah, the crowd sure. gave him love, um, and he was staying in the ring for a little bit, and the crowd gave him love, and he got to kind of give everybody a salute on the way out. So it was, it was cool. Yeah, I hope to see him in, at the NGI, and I and I can't help to think that uh, you'll probably see a Hate Club reunion sooner than later in GCW. I mean, these guys were both in the same locker room uh, last night. So I've been thinking we'll that, that too. Yeah, I've been thinking that too. I've been thinking that I thought it'd be a lot sooner than now, to be honest. Yeah, but, same. Yeah, at one point was supposed to do it. I mean, but yes, it were. happened. Nate went to jail right when they were going to do it. It it was supposed to be. They they did a run in with with Gage, 
And then the, the next show after was supposed to be Gage and, and Nate versus the Hooligans. And it turned out to be Gage and Jeff Cannonball. Yeah, that would have been a cool match, man. Uh, hooligans are some guys that I'd like to see in GCW as well. Um, Me I think too, bro. Me too. Me I think too, tag man. Teams, I was just talking. Yeah, Gosh. I think tag teams is is one thing I'd like to see more in GCW. Maybe like another tag match on the card uh, in replacement of a of a death match. And uh, I like the Hooligans, man. They're awesome. I would I would definitely bring those guys in. Um, yeah, I don't know what happened. Yeah, I don't know what happened with. Uh, yeah. I don't know what happened with the whole uh, Tabernacle team, the Canadian guys. Um, yeah, I was looking forward to seeing them. Yeah, they were supposed to go against Private Party, and uh, they were supposed to be a Beyond tonight too, and uh, they okay. canceled. So I don't know what exactly happened with those guys, but huh. it's, it's smart, dude. It's smart to run shows, you know, next to next to a Beyond, uh, maybe a day apart or so, because you know they they bring in a lot of talent, so you can capitalize exactly. on the opportunity, bring them a day earlier, and you know, fucking. Get them, get them booked. You know, like a Matt Riddle, um, like a Keith Lee. You know, don't forget GCW. Uh, first time I'd seen Keith Lee ever, um, and he Me fucking too. killed it with Call of the Beast. And I remember oh, I saw him outside. I was like, dude, I had no idea who you were. I just got a fan. That shit was fucking crazy. I didn't, you know, you're fucking three hundred pounds. You know, six foot five, six foot seven, whatever the fuck he is. Uh, just, just a massive dude doing like lucha styles. Like, oh fuck, I never oh, thought I'd see Keith this. Keith Lee, man, I, I love Keith Lee. I, I just, I, that was the first time I saw him too. And then I remember a lot of the people I knew, my friends were saying, who is this, who is this? And I said, oh, dude. So I, I had read a lot and heard a lot about him on podcasts and stuff. And man, he he's every bit of the hype that I had heard, <laughs> you know, when I saw him. But just, uh, you're right, a massive, massive man, man. And he, he's got talent. I mean, major skill. So... But anyway, so so the next match after Slack and Hatred was the Cinder Smash death match, Jimmy Lloyd and Reed Bentley. And I am interested to hear what you had to say about that. I've I've seen a lot of Reed Bentley and I love him and I think he's really good in the ring and when he came out is the the reaction to him was sort of who is this? And with Jimmy people really exploded for Jimmy, so I don't know what's going on here, man, but who knows? Yeah, um, I was I was shocked by the reaction because uh, Reed has been in in, in GCW. Um, right, he did the match right. with Marcus Crane that the the dry ice match. Dry. Yeah. Um, so this this is actually this supports your theory of of there being new you know fans and all that because a lot of people uh-huh. apparently don't remember that show. Um, they didn't yep. either know who he was, and uh, or they just you know they were chanting he can't wrestle or he sucks and shit like that. And uh, I was yeah. surprised, but by the end of the match, I mean, they gave him credit, and um, it, it took Jimmy yeah. to shake his hand and put him over to do that, but um, right. I like right. I like Reed Bentley. I, I like Reed Bentley and John Wayne Murdoch. I think I think both of them, most, uh, for the most part, you know, they have a place um, on the Northeast. I think that's something that, uh, you know, CZW missed the, the, the boat on, and hopefully they'll use John Wayne Murdoch, because uh, apparently that was a thing. After TOD, they were supposed to bring him back. So we'll see if we'll see if he's back next weekend. But um, GCW, huh. I think yeah, Reed Bentley is a is definitely a good guy to bring in. Um, the guy will go all out. He was he was bleeding his ass off. Uh, oh, dude, the one spot, wife. dude, the one spot where they stacked the two chairs and they put two center blocks and then they put tubes on top of that. Um, Jimmy, yeah. you know, just just tossed them from the top rope back first into the center blocks. Fucking just stiff yeah. as shit. You know? Oh yeah. 
Um, yeah, I, I don't know how I remember thinking, up, dude. How could you ever? Uh, how are how are these guys not leaving in wheelchairs when they take spots on on the cinder blocks that way? I mean, I I, I just don't understand it. But yeah, man, they they give one hundred and ten percent. I mean, you're right. Reap Reap let buckets out there too, but and this is the guy that Ian Rotten. Ian Rotten announces as the franchise Reed Benley. Uh, and, you know, he's a guy who can wrestle in King of the Death matches, and then next week he's in PPI. So, I mean, he's versatile. He's, he's just overall really awesome. I got to give my boy Loudy credit. Loudy was the first one to bring Reed Benley up here. Um, Jeez, uh, I'm going to forget the name of the show at this point, but it was several years ago. It was in, in On Point's his infancy, but he brought in Reed, and Reed, Reed wrestled, I want to say, Oz Tyler, who eventually turned in to be an On Point champion, but he did have the foresight to bring him in back then. Reed was really skinny at that point, but but yeah, Reed is, and I was just amazed at seeing the way the crowd kind of treated him like a, get the fuck out of here, you know? And I was like, wow, Reed Benley, I mean, this dude is, he's arguably the best wrestler in Ivory Mid-South. He's one of the best in that area, you know, but eh, it, was, it was a great match, though. And I thought it was great. I thought Reed did a great job of kind of putting Jimmy over, you know? I, I could see what he's doing because... When he came out at first, he, on the mic, he said, you're, you're so far up Brett's ass. That's the only reason you get booked or whatever. And then in the end, he said, I see now why you get booked. It isn't because you're the boss's buddy. It's you earned it. So Yeah, I, I definitely didn't think it was the worst Jimmy match or anything. Um, no. I actually talked to Jimmy after the match. He asked me, you know, what would you think of the match? And I, th- I, I told him, I, was like, I, thought, I thought it was one of the better matches. Um, yeah. Except, except, and I told him I was like the one spot that he botched, where uh, it was almost like a, I don't know if it was like a fireman carry or, or whatever the case was. I forget the, the yeah. move, but um, it, they had a bunch of cinder blocks stacked in the corner, and they had light yeah. tubes yeah. in between them, and um, right. he was going for the bump, and uh, they they missed it, and they hit like the you know the very edge of the the tubes and the cinder blocks, so they missed most of the most of the spot. And um, I just couldn't help but yeah, to think of the match with setup. Connor Claxton. You know, the right. match with Connor Claxton and Jimmy, they, they kind of did the same thing where they had that, that pyramid made out of light tubes, and uh, Jimmy botched it again and fucking they broke exactly. the half, the half the structure. Um, exactly, man. Yeah, overall not yeah, a bad match, yeah. though. I, I thought it was good. No, I, I, I couldn't complain. You know, I, it certainly wasn't one that you left going, that was bad. I mean, they, they, worked, they worked their asses off. And that was kind of a, a perfect. The next match was the Gauntlet, and the Danny Havoc farewell to Game Changer World Gauntlet. And I guess I'll just say who was in it first. And then we'll, so anyway, it was three falls. There were three guys, four guys in there total, counting Danny. So first was Danny, and he he got the fall. He got the first fall over Drew Blood. Then you had Low Life Louis come out and Danny got the fall over Louie and then G Raver came out and G Raver got the fall over Danny. But what did you think of that? The gauntlet and choices of the of the guys that, that wrestled in it? Um the the Drew Blood definitely made sense. 
Um, that's one yeah. world that I was expecting. Um, yeah. When we were off the air, I told you what I thought was going to happen, so I'll, I'll kind of repeat that. I thought Devin Moore was definitely going to be in this gauntlet. I thought Drew Blood was going to be in there. Um, Scotty right. Vortex and probably uh, Connor Claxton. Um, Connor yeah. Claxton obviously being in, in, you know, Nation of Intoxication. Devin Moore obviously has, you know, many, many years with Havoc. Same with Drew Blood. Exactly. And, um, you know, same with Vortex. And Vortex, they, they teased that match at GCW when they brought in Vortex. So, you know, they kind of built to that. So it would have made perfect sense. And I'm sure they tried. They probably didn't, wasn't able to make it work. But uh, right, first match, right. the Drew Blood one, um, I thought they, they used a fuck a ton of thumbtacks. That was that was insane. The amount of thumbtacks yeah, he thumb brought with him. Yeah, that was yeah. thumbtacks all in the center there. Yeah, that yeah. was so that was pretty rough uh, to start out with. Um, it was it was an okay match, not no complaints or anything. Just just a basic, exactly what you would expect out of you know Drew Blood and Danny Havoc. Um, sure. The second one uh, with Louis, you know, I was I was a little shocked when I heard the Nelly song because I was like, oh, Louis back? Like what the fuck? I thought this guy was done. Every I swear, every time I see him, because he says he's done, and then next time you hear his I music, know. And you're like, what the fuck, dude? Just stop. You know, <laughs> I know. Like, I want you to live, man. It's not worth exactly. it. Exactly. That's so, what I do. I worry about. I like Louis. Louis is a great guy, and I, I, I truly do. I, I want nothing but the best for him because he's a, a great guy. And I would never, out of respect, I, I, you know, I'll always cheer for him and everything. But I, man, I, I cringe when he gets in the ring because I don't, I don't want to see something, man. When not, not with him, you know. And it's, but the spot I remember the most here was. Louis did sort of that backwards, the STF with the barbed wire bat on yeah. Danny. That was a cool spot, man. That but, was, that was. Um, yeah, that I was, was surprised. A cool spot. I was surprised because a lot of people were chanting the "You still got it" when he did that, and then the other hey, half right. were chanting "No, he does." No, you don't. You know? and, I was, <laughs> yeah, that, and I was yeah. like, yeah. "Oh, that's a little rough." But uh, it was. This rough. was. Yeah. <laughs> This was uh, Louis' last match, apparently. I saw his uh, post on Facebook, and I, I talked to him at the show. He said it was his last match. Um, there's yeah. possibly one more thing he's going to work on in, in, in a year or two. Uh, oh, really? Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, this dude just doesn't retire ever, but we'll, we'll <laughs> see, man. But, uh, he never will, man. He never yeah. will. I did uh, think the one spot that really made me cringe was when uh, Danny hit him with the VCR on top of the head. Yeah, because uh, I was yeah. like, oh, dude, no, don't do that to him. He, he you know, because I remember the f- with that. Yeah, dude, the first time we had uh, Louis on the show was when he was retiring, ironically enough. Um, okay. And he, he, you know, he told us that you know his, his he has a lot of brain injuries, and the doctor says that he can never wrestle again. He's his brain exactly. basically mashed potatoes. And then yep. here we are, you know, almost four years later, and uh, he's taking VCRs to the head. And it's like, dude, oh, yeah. stop. You don't need to do this. Like, it's fine, uh, man. We get it. You've done it since fucking 97. Like, it's all right, man. You don't have to take VCRs to the head. Exactly. And let alone that, he, he got, then he smashed him with that VCR, man. I, I my, my friend James, he leaned over to me and said, no. Nope. GCW is going to be the next company to have a thank you Louie benefit show next <laughs> after that hit. You know, Seriously. But, yeah, that was bad. Uh, one spot that we forgot about from the Jimmy and uh, Bentley match that I want to mention real quick. Oh, uh, sure, Jimmy yeah. took the Jimmy took the cinder blocks and just threw it at Reed Bentley's head. Did you see that? Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was rough as Bentley shit. Bentley was sort of sitting on the uh, top turnbuckle. Right, right. Yeah. Just launched it yeah. at his head. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's a cinder block, that's, man. It's not a. It's not like a Sabu spot where you throw the chair at the guy's head. You know, it's a fucking cinder block. You can't. You can't do that. But uh, it was. It was rough, man. That, that's the weapon. That's the the deathmatch weapon that kind of makes me cringe the most because I just figure, what can you really do with that other than just maybe get hurt real bad? <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know how you can say free. You know, because I think you might have even said it on the show or something. Like, weapons, most of them, there's a way you can sort of, they're all going to hurt, and they're all horrible and deadly, but there might be a way you can do it a little safer than others, but with that, I don't really know how you could, but maybe that's why I'm not a wrestler, I don't know, but (laughs) I don't know those things, but. Yeah, no. yeah, man. And you know what makes me cringe the most is usually when they break their cinder blocks and and they use them yeah. to like you know like toss each other on top of them. That's it's oh, just like yeah. oh, dude, I, I can only imagine. But um, yeah, man, it was it was it was a good match. I like this one as well. Nothing yeah. I have to say yeah. about this. Um, oh no, Louis farewell. So you know it is what it is. But uh, <laughs> exactly, we got uh one more one more match in this gauntlet, which was uh, G Raver. And uh, G Raver was apparently replacing Matt Tremont because Tremont was supposed to be the third person out. Um, so G Raver is doing double duty here, which which props to that guy. Uh, he came out, he went against Danny Havoc. They used a ton of tube spots. This this was probably the the better match of the three, obviously. Um, yeah. And they they fucking killed him for the most part. You know, G Raver he didn't he didn't half ass anything, even though he was wrestling a second time in in a long lengthy match, man. I mean that that you know the lucha ladders and chairs match was fucking. It's pretty fucking long, or at least it seemed. Yeah, like it was long. So, uh, yeah, man, I think I think uh, pretty much everybody on the show busted their asses as usual. And um, I hate to sound corny and, and and you know sound like I'm kissing ass or anything, but I think I think going to GCW kind of brings that out of guys because you see a lot of these same guys at CZW and other shows, and they're not putting on the same effort. You know, I don't know if it's something no, that's it requested. That. Yeah, I, I don't, don't know if it's something that they request too. or it's just something that comes out. You know. I don't even think they need to, Shane. I think it's like uh, ECW style. When back in the day, especially the arena shows and that, every match had to top the last one. And they sort of all had the attitude like, okay, I'm going to go out there and we're going to bust our ass too because we have to compete with what we just saw. And I think that's kind of what we have with Game Changer. Well, that's, that's one of the things that's so special right now that's going on is that each match, just they, they, these guys sort of, you have to have a bit of a chip on your shoulder to compete there. You can't just come in there and be some scrub. You have to come in there and give it your, give 110% or you're not going to cut it. Yeah, and absolutely. Man. It quickly became that. It quickly became that fast. So I'm happy. I, I was really happy with the decision to put Raver over in that one because. First of all, Danny doesn't need to go over anymore. He didn't need to prove a thing to anybody ever again. And I don't think it matters that he didn't win, you know. And, but I just think it, it it was really special. And Raver won, but then kind of the way everybody came in and we had a lot of on-the-mic sort of, what would you call it, just congratulatory messages for Danny. It was really cool. It was very sincere, I thought. The way it came up to me, we everybody seemed so sincere and and and, and telling Danny they're going to miss him and and they love him and stuff. You know, you always hear that, but that seemed very sincere to me. 
and it should be. It's yeah. There's nobody better. There's nobody. I I like what Brett said. Brett said on the mic. He said, Danny, I know the word best is a subjective term, and he's right about that because we could all. Oh, the best is this. No, it's this one. It's that one. It's that's subjective. But he said, but Danny, there has been nobody better than you. And I agree. I'd have to totally agree. Yeah. yeah, I hear you, man. I think uh, the other thing that I liked about uh, the skull net was uh, Louis kind of using a fork and paying homage to, to Abby. I thought that was nice. Oh yeah, yeah, the fork. I remember. I, yes, absolutely. I thought Louis did well. I I thought the match was fine. I agree with you a little bit on the choices of the people. I remember Jay said on the show with you that did you? I think you guys were speculating who might be in the gauntlet, and he was saying Sammy. And, you know, of course, Sammy, I mean, everybody could enjoy Sammy's feud, but Danny was absolutely brutal. And, you know, you, you, you could have gone the route, which I would have liked to have seen a little more of the more traditional, these are Danny habits, these are people from Danny's past, and they're coming back to, you know, that, I guess that could have been, but I also know that I'm sure 100% that Brett thought the same thing. So I... I would give them the benefit of the doubt and say, if you didn't see it, it's because they probably couldn't get it. They, I, I'm sure they didn't think, they didn't not think of it before. I mean, almost every wrestler I pitch to them or anything I say, they come back with already, either they already have it planned or they're already in contact with the guy or something. They're really on top of things. So. Right. And again, that, that goes down to them, I think, being... Uh, still passionate about the business and being fans at heart, you know, and, and yeah. wanting to see that themselves. Um, Agreed. I think I think that was the goal was to get guys from his past feuds, and I, again, I think I think it just didn't fall through, and that's why you got guys like you did. But uh, I think they they yeah. did the best they could with uh, the guys they had, and I didn't have any complaints really. It was good stuff. Um, no, well. I did talk to a wrestler, which I I won't name any names because he did specifically ask me not to mention it on the podcast. He said you can share the story, okay. just don't mention that I told you. Um, sure. So uh, apparently there is some heat on Devin Moore for not doing this match. Um, huh. I'm not sure if he was contacted and he turned it down. I, I don't know really what the case was. Um, I know Devin wasn't particularly happy when, uh, you know, the way he was used in GCW because, uh, you know, I, I talked to him at the show where he was basically, you know, jobbing out to Nate Hatred in like two seconds. Um, right. He wasn't very happy about that. So I don't know. I don't know if there is some animosity stemming from that. I don't. I don't really know what the case is, but. From what I heard, there's a, a lot of the guys, a lot of the wrestlers weren't happy with, with Devin not being there and um, not doing the match. Yeah. I'm really surprised, man. I'm really surprised. There, there's got to be something to that story because it doesn't seem like he wouldn't be there for Danny if he could. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Who knows? But I don't really know a lot there. But it seems to me like Dev, I know that Dev does have a, a work schedule that he often references when I talk to him why he can't do something. So maybe that had something to do with it. You know, you never know. But um, speaking of the NOI guys, it was next was Marcus Crane and Connor Claxton. And Connor was still doing that. Not, I guess, I don't even know if still is the right word because he was really doing one show at CCW, but he was doing the Mr. Claxton gimmick, which I'm interested in your thoughts on mine first. I, I, I gotta say, I liked it. I've never been a huge fan of Connor. 
Uh, although, other than the Deathmatch Trial Series, the famous Trial Series, everybody references with him because when he did those three matches with Danny, with with Danny Lucky and Homer and Dev, I, I, I'd be kind of hard pressed to think of three better uh, early matches in anybody's career. But then he just sort of fizzled out, and he, I think he sort of struggled to ever get over again because. It seemed to me like he sort of let the fans down so much when he started that way, and then next thing you see him in these, like, shindy eight-man tags at South Jersey WrestleFest, wrestling with Frankie Picard, and, you know. So it just felt like he sort of he went totally the opposite way, but I think now that's the way to make him relevant again because he really didn't seem to be cutting it as a face to me. It seems like this might be the way to go, and I like I actually really, I thought he played the character well, where I actually felt, he actually felt like some of his facial expressions, he was really good at it, he was making facial expressions, the cat said, oh, oh shit, I'm in pain, when Marcus would hit him with a tube or something, he sort of had that face and said, I didn't want to get into this shit tonight, and I think that's what he needs to do, I, I, I liked it, but I'm interested to hear what you thought. I, I actually like uh, Connor Claxton in GCW more than I do in uh, CCW. Once again, I don't know okay. if he's putting more effort in GCW or what the case may be. But uh, okay. you look at you look at all the matches he's had, um, aside from the one with Danny Havoc, which was a mediocre match. Other than that, I mean, the, the match with Jimmy, there was a ton of you know botched spots. But it was fucking crazy because they used like 200 light tubes. So, yeah. um, again, with this match, fucking brutal. Um, I think there was the one spot where... Uh, and, and let's not forget about the fact that he came out smashing a bunch of tubes outside, which I thought was clever. Um, he, he took a bunch a ton, of bundles. Yeah, yeah he smashed yeah. a bunch of tubes that they had for the match, you know, to get the heel heat, and it worked. And yep. Um, yep. Uh, yep. I, I liked it, you know, because even it, it was getting to me, you know, like he got me. I got yeah. pissed, you know. So I was like, oh, this, yeah. is, this is good, man. He, he knows what he's doing. Um, yeah, that, but, that uh, face first. I know what spot you were going to talk about, the fucking Marcus, man. I, yeah. I forget if it was a, a leg trip or something, but he dropped him, Mark, uh, dropped Connor right into the Fat Tube's face first, man. Yeah, and I think it was, he got cut up on gnarly. his face. Yeah, he got cut up on his face because I saw him walking around yeah. uh, with a bandage up. Uh, there was another spot that uh, he clotheslined like a tube across his throat, which I thought was fucking yeah. crazy because I'm like, dude, you, you're going to slit this guy's throat, man. Like, <laughs> You know. Light tube to the throat or mouth, like I, I don't know, man. I know Ricky Shane Page was doing that shit at TOD, the the tube in the yeah. mouth and getting punched in it. Yeah. I, dude, that's I don't know, man. That's that's fucking nutty as hell to me. I I just I can't. Oh. That boggles my mind that people actually uh, go all in. But hey, man, if you want to go all in, I'll be there to watch it. I don't give a shit. It's your fucking it's your throat. You do what you got to do. Exactly. Uh, yeah, Marcus. Crazy man. I, I think Marcus is one of the he's one of the MVPs of GC Dub, man. I think oh for sure. He just kills himself every show, bro. I mean, I just, you know his match is going to be nuts. And I I don't know. He's he's great. I think he's great. And you're right. Connor pulled. It was a great match. I, I thought they, like I said, I, I really liked the way Connor sort of had that reluctance. Like, I don't really want to get into this ultra-violent bullshit. He sort of was making that expression and, I thought it really worked because if we're going to do a gimmick like that, you got to stick to it. And and I thought he did for the for the most part. He really stuck to it. He took the majority of the bumps. It seemed like 
into the tubes. And he had the back color and the face color. And he was really, he, he went in, he went in, man. Yeah. Uh, I, I enjoyed couple, it. It was good. Couple, couple quick things. Uh, one, let's not forget about the craziest fucking spot of the match, which uh, they kind of botched at TOS um, with the match against Takeda. Um, dude, they had the saw boards again. And, oh, yeah. Yeah, let's not forget about that because that, I just, I, dude, when that happened, I was like, what the fuck? Like, that is, yeah. and I'm not talking about small saws. I'm talking about big ass hand saws fucking hand inside saws. a stuff. Yeah. yeah. Inside a yeah. styrofoam board, and Marcus Crane ah. takes like a power bomb, back first catches all of them. Last time he missed yeah. all of them. This time he caught all of them. And yeah, he took that motherfucker dude, square. Yeah, yeah, he he's fucking crazy, man. You look at this guy taking the scissors board at IWA Deep South. Uh, he yep. took the fucking bird spikes at TOS that like puncture his ah. lung. He took yeah. Uh, yeah, he takes all kinds of crazy shit. He seems to be the guy that's taking all the crazy spots. And um, yeah. I thought this match was crazy. And you mentioned uh, Connor Claxton's back being colored, man. He walked by me after he had cleaned himself up. Dude, his back, like those those fucking cuts, oh, my God. Because I didn't notice oh. it from the match. You know, I was like, oh, like he's bleeding. But I didn't notice how deep they were. And the gashes were, like, all across his back, man. So he got props to him. As much as I, I shit on the guy, I'm not the biggest fan. But I'll give you props when uh, when you have a good match. And this, this was a good match. I enjoyed it. Yes, me too, man. I, I got to say, they did a great job. And, uh, yeah, and those, I don't those know saws, about those my, saws. the saws, bro. And yeah, when he brought that out, man, he brought it out. Marcus brought it up under the ring, and then I don't remember the spot they set up, but somehow you know, Marcus wound up taking it. <laughs> that, that was that was legit, bro. Yeah, I almost forgot about that. I'm glad you brought it up. Yeah, I don't know how, man. That that shit made me cringe, man. I watched that and I was like, "Fuck, man, this is crazy." <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I know. Well, yeah, you're taking was, it to the next level. The one after that was the ladders, light tubes. I think I'm saying ladders, light tubes, and lucha. I guess that's right. But it was Raver and Arrow Boy, and that this match was badass, man. It was yeah, long. Great match. Great match. Yeah. Too long. The crowd was dead. I mean, I was exhausted by this point. You know. Yeah, I, uh, I think we all been like three hours. But, uh, dude, they yeah. did a ton of spots. I mean, Arrow Boy, I, I'm a big fan of him because I saw him at TOD and I was like, holy shit, this guy, this guy is awesome. And I hope the CZW brings him back again. And uh, yep. they failed. So, once again, GCW capitalizing on something that CZW missed. Um, exactly. Exactly. This was great, though. I mean, he, he brought out the best in uh, G-Raver. I thought G-Raver definitely... Uh, you know, can do the lucha style. He's a he's a versatile guy. He he does a bunch of different styles. He's not he's another one of those guys that's that's a deathmatch guy that I think can can go with anybody in the ring. Um, a guy like him, like you look at Matt Tremont in Beyond Wrestling, doesn't use tubes or any of that shit, man. And he still has like you know great fucking matches. I was actually just watching one with Ar Fox and uh and Matt Tremont at Beyond, and and they fucking killed it. You know, and G. Raver is another one of those guys. Um, even Marcus Crane. Marcus Crane can wrestle. You know, he does shows at sure. AEW where he can't use tubes and stuff, and he, he wrestles. Yeah. Um, yep. So I think this new breed of, uh, you know, a lot of them aren't new, but uh, this this kind of like new generation of deathmatch guys I can appreciate a lot yep. more because a lot of them aren't just like backyard fucking guys that'll take, you know, sauce to the, to the ribs and crazy shit like that. A lot of them are legitimately, you know, trained and can actually go, so... It's refreshing, but I'm, I'm a big fan of G. Raver. I, I really like that guy. Me too, me too. But you know, you make a you make an excellent point where the term hybrid athlete 
when it came to the death, they could do death matches and do other things. That used to be reserved for a J.C. Bailey. And then, of course, you had Masada or something. But there, those guys were far few between. And in, in the way you said it, I never really thought of it. But now I'm just sitting there thinking, your majority of the guys that are sort of the new wave are hybrid-type athletes. They can go. Uh, like you said, they they can go. They're not just like a Reed Bentley. He's a hybrid. Reed Bentley is a definite good example, I think. Yeah, even Murdoch. Murdoch and Russell. Yes. You know? Yeah, Murdoch's another one. Murdoch is the king of the death match and TPI. So they they have they they can do that. They can wrestle. They can wrestle. They can roll. They can get the tubes out. Whatever whatever is necessary to do. And I think a lot. I think CCW's roster is pretty full of guys like that, and I it, that will serve them well. Yeah, that, for sure. that, that will really serve them well on the end here. Yeah, I mean, but, I, honestly, I have nothing bad to say about this match, but it did go too long, man. I mean, I felt like there was you know forty you know spots that could have been the finish, and uh, by the end, it was just getting exhausting. Like the crowd was not reacting at all. And uh, you could tell it, was, it wasn't no. because it was a bad match. People were like, oh, shit, that's crazy. But they were just burned out, you know? They were just burned out. We had fucking tubes for three hours for the past, past you know, three hours, I guess. Exactly. And, um, exactly. It, it can be overwhelming at times, you know? But uh, this this was a great match. I mean, I, I'm sure I'll enjoy it a lot more on DVD when I when I buy it. Right. Um, right. Because I was burned out at the show. But, uh, Me too. But we picked right back up at the, at the next match, though, man. Jesus fucking Christ. Well, even before that was they did the Brandon Kirk. Yeah, Brandon that's Kirk right. Came out, that's right. Got Drew Drew Chahos. Drew Chahos. He got him with the tube. Yeah, yeah, man. Right. He got him the action, and he got him with the tube though, and he really got he really nailed him with it. And I thought Drew did. It. I thought Drew was excellent. You know, at taking it and everything. I thought it really went well. I like Brandon Kirk, and I ever since. His match with Jimmy Lloyd, the death match there. Do you yeah, remember what show that was? Yeah, the barbed uh, wire. I don't remember which. Uh, it may have been the ultraviolence one, the deck the halls with ultraviolence. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. But I, I remember thinking that that night, this kid, if he chooses to go this route because... I mean, I, I saw Brandon Kirk. Brandon Kirk and Jeff Cannonball were yeah, the, the rogues in, J, in yeah. JCW for a long time back. You know, I, so I... When I saw Kirk, it wasn't like I hadn't seen him before, but I just thought that night, I thought, this kid has deathmatch, deathmatch breakout star written on him, I think. If he, if this is the route he wants to go, I think he has the look. He just kind of has that cocky, badass look. I think he, he could do it if he wanted. And I don't, I don't know about thought, badass. <laughs> I don't know about badass, but yeah, I know what you mean, though. He has the, yeah. I do yeah, like the guy. I don't know, um, man. Yeah. No. Jeremy, let me ask you something. Have you been following sure. him uh, and what he's been doing for the past couple of weeks? I haven't, man. I was going to ask you that. Do you know much about that? Because I know there was an incident down the shore or something, but I really didn't. I really don't know the details on it. So before I get into this, one thing I, I want to give props to, to Drew Chehos because uh, I was I was by the entrance and uh, you know when he was walking by, he was really selling it well. You know what I mean? He was like yeah. cursing and like. You know, you fucking bastard got me. You know, this is fucking unprofessional. And, uh, you know, it's yeah. like little things like that that I appreciate it. It's not just like a dude just like that just stopped selling it on his way 
they don't exactly. know, to the locker room and just fucking starts walking, you know? And even when he came exactly. out, like, 40 minutes later, he was still, like, scratching his back and shit. You know, it's, it's little things like that. I pay attention to little things like that. So props to him for, uh, for actually selling Dude, and, and before you talk about Kirkmore, let me follow up on what you said. I talked to my one friend, AJ. He said that he saw Drew uh, at a fast food place or something, and Drew was friends with him, but Drew was still selling. That's great. So you should. Yeah, he was good. He, he was really carrying it. You know, he was really he was really working it. And yeah, I got to give him props on that. That's that's great. That's that's old school. That's the way it should be. Yeah. So uh, back back to this Brandon Kirk thing. So this guy is. Uh, and sorry to break it to you to the listeners that may think this is uh this I'm, I'm breaking kayfabe here. This whole thing <laughs> is is not a shoot. Okay, like a lot of people think this is a legitimate shoot. Uh, right. Especially, you know, because of what happened with him a few weeks ago. So okay. he does, he does a bunch of shindies like SWF and, uh, there's a, right. there's another promotion that our, uh, that our friend Deathmatch Russell over there goes, uh, goes to, I forget <laughs> what the fuck it's called. It's like Jersey, uh, JPCW, Jersey yeah, exactly. Premier. Yeah. yeah. Some real shit fest, like real shitty indie, uh, they're fucking like drawing like twenty five people. It's disgusting, dude. I I would never be caught dead there. It's fucking disgusting. Um, twenty five people there and shit. So basically, what they're doing is there's this YouTube guy called uh, the Grim Show. He's he, he's obsessed with like action figures and replicas, like huge nerd, yeah. right? Like typically the type yeah. of guy that you wouldn't want at a show. Um, so this guy's huge on YouTube. Has like a million followers, like crazy shit. So he lives. He's local. He's he's a Jersey guy. Um, so a lot of these shindies are reaching out to him and letting him wrestle on their shows because he can advertise it for free, uh, you know, across the board for like a million people, you know, free. Oh, wow. Um, wow. And he gets some, he gets to, you know, record some videos for his YouTube and then that way he can get, you know, money from the AdSense and all that once he monetizes his shit. So he's, he's basically making a living off of YouTube. So it's, it's good for his content. Um, he does a bunch of shit with like Brian Myers when he was with WrestlePro. He went there okay. and got access to their rings, and it was just a bunch of just disgusting shit that I, I would never support. So uh, yeah, this this fucking guy, uh, and he looks untrained as fuck. Like, let me let me say that because there's a lot of rumors that this guy is quote unquote trained. He claims that he was trained at the Monster Factory with you know Mike Sharp and shit back in the fucking like nineties. Like oh, bullshit, God. dude. This guy, this guy, stop it. You know, and, and this guy yeah. basically uh, gets booked on these shows. Um, he's terrible. Doesn't know how to do anything. And uh, the whole thing was Brandon Kirk came out and quote unquote legitimately punched this guy in the head for not being trained and cut a okay. quote unquote shoot promo saying you know guys like this don't belong in the business and it's disgusting that that you know promotions like SWF and PC fucking WV whatever the fuck they're called <laughs> they're letting these guys come on their shows and and do this nonsense so a lot of people yeah. and, and you know there was a lot of kids there this grim guy went out there and said suck my dick in front of a bunch of kids and. You know this, and this this was at a charity show, by the way. You know this is like a veterans okay. charity show, um, right? So like a lot of kids there. So that that kind of rubbed me the wrong way that they would try to sell this as a shoot, like you know, like the cops were called, and it was sure. just some some real nutty shit, man. Because I mean, if you watch the video, the guy fed into the power bomb. This is not a shoot. Like you you're not getting power bombed in a real fight, dude. Like stop it. <laughs> what right, are you talking right. about? You know. Right. So they're going. They're doing all these YouTube videos. Um, saying, you know, unfollow SWF and 
all this and you know this is unprofessional this was real the cops were called there was charges and then brandon's out there going you know and he's getting like death threats from wrestling fans and he's posting it it's a whole bunch of crazy shit because people thought it was real you know so sorry to break it to you that shit's not real man i don't care if they're telling you (laughs) it's real a dude's not getting power bombed in the middle of the fucking ring and and it's a shoot like stop you know (laughs) you're not bumping in the middle of a fight man this is fucking ridiculous so um I think his new gimmick is this, like, shooter guy. So, like, expect a lot of him doing run-ins and hitting people out of nowhere, um, quote-unquote, shooting on people. I think that's his new gimmick because this is the second thing that – and they want it to go viral. You know, like, oh, deathmatch guy attacks the photographer. So, I I don't know where they're going with it, but that's my guess. I see. So, now I see what – yeah, because a couple people hit me up right away, like you, this Grimm's Toy Show, and I don't know what the hell they were talking about, bro. But now I know. It's, it's okay. garbage. It's garbage, dude. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's my nightmare. As much as I hate, like, like replicas and, like, these, like, like you know, super fans, that's my yeah. nightmare. Like, that dude is, like, <laughs> literally my nightmare come to life. You know, like, if I see this dude at a show, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to stop going to that event. That's, that's for sure. That's not happening. The next match that we had, uh, Teddy Hart and Joey Janela, which I, not only was it the match of the night for me, I, I, dude, I think it was probably the match of the year for me as far as live. I mean, other than Gage and Tremont, which is, I like it on a different level for a different reason. Um, right. It's hard to say any other match topped this for me so far, man. I mean, they gave 110%. This was the first match that I've seen of Teddy Hart where literally nothing was botched i think uh, everything was smooth as hell this is like fucking 2002 teddy hart you know and um dude they, they fucking killed it i mean they killed it what did you think of the match oh man i it, it's so hard to even put into words what they did out there i mean you said it right I, I don't i don't think i could disagree at all that this might be the match of the year i mean you're right it was flawless it was just an amazing match. It was stiff, but really, stiff. yeah, they weren't botching anything. And when they first came out, man, I don't know how you felt. But actually, I do because you messaged me and said these guys don't like each other. There was some real intention there with the first couple of shots. There, when they, even when they were shoving each other, they were really. They yeah. looked like they were heated, man. They were yeah, really man. getting into it. Uh, yeah, it was. It was awesome. The beginning. The beginning was almost like a shoot fight. I mean, they were like, I, I, right? I, I, yeah, I'd imagine this probably stems from uh, Teddy Hart kicking Penelope in the face at the last show. Um, yeah, yeah. If I had to take a wild guess, I'd, I'd say he, you know, Janela probably went in there, you know, trying to give him a receipt for it. Um, yeah, yeah, but, I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, but I mean, stiff as shit, man. I think there was probably a total of like twelve Canadian destroyers in this match. <laughs> like, it's just fucking crazy. And the one shit. was right in front of me where Teddy. Hit the Canadian destroyer on Joey, threw a table onto the floor, and yeah. man, they hit hard. They hit. And it was hard. beautiful, beautiful. Yeah, you know, like it was a yeah. perfect Canadian destroyer. Uh, they they did a bunch into the ladders. Um, yep. Joey had the one spot where he like did like a like uh, I forgot what he did. I think he did a double stomp. He did a double stomp onto uh, Teddy Hart, and then he landed face first himself onto the ladder, which I thought yes. like broke his jaw, which was fucking crazy. Um, but mm. dude, just a thousand and one spots in this match, just fucking, just absolute insanity. Um, I talked to Joey after the match, and he was like, "Dude, we we planned nothing." You know, he was like, I, "We didn't even talk about it." 
He was like, oh, wow. It was, it was fun. We just went out there and we had fun. And uh, Wow. Yeah. Yeah, apparently they, they didn't plan this at all and it was just on the go. Which uh, isn't oh, hard to man. believe because if you watch the beginning of the match, it, it, they just they were just fighting. You know what I mean? Not the best fight, yeah, but uh, they, no, a lot of shoving and a lot of, you know. Yeah, yeah. They were you hot, tell, man. man. And then they just they just beat the piss out of each other. The one spot that I recall where, I mean, there were tons. <laughs> it wasn't like one spot was really good. The whole, I mean, there were tons, but one in my mind that really stands out, Caddy hit Joey with a sort of a, just a, a press slam off the top rope and just right on the chair, uh, what do you call it, the, the, the tops of the chairs. So his back right on there. And I just remember thinking there were several times where I thought, how are these guys getting up and walking? They were just taking some back bumps and crazy bumps. I mean, it was insane, man. I mean, yeah, those guys, wow. Yeah, I, I, I honestly, dude, I don't, I don't think we can hype this match enough. Like, you, you seriously need to seek this match out on your own time, and uh, definitely get a copy of the DVD and check this match out. This is like, especially 100%. knowing, dude, Teddy is is not supposed to be in his prime. For him to do this, I was thoroughly impressed because I expected it from Janela. You know, Janela can go. Um, yeah. With Teddy, I was like, oh, is he going to be the half injured Teddy like he was with Nick Gage and? You know, right, botch right. half the spots. I mean, he botched, like, every Canadian destroyer at the Allentown show. And this time, he was fucking smooth as fuck, dude. I mean, just, he was on. just perfection, yeah, he was on. you know? And um, yep. I even told Lauderdale, I was like, I was like, dude, he's, he's going in tonight. What the fuck happened? He's like, he's feeling it, you know? So I guess uh, yeah. I guess it was all on Teddy Hart if he was feeling it or not. So I don't know. I, it, great, though. Great stuff. Teddy Hart, for all of his things people don't like with the cat, and all that, and I can I can totally see why you wouldn't. But and I don't need to see a cat ever again with him. That did nothing for me. I I didn't know why he would do that sort of thing. But Teddy Hart, just on his own, he just he's a superstar that never became one to me. That's what I always thought of with Teddy. You know, when Teddy comes out, I kind of get this feeling like I'm watching a WWE like a superstar. But he he just never, for whatever reason. The different things, his laziness, his weed, whatever, made it where he couldn't make it to the top, but he should have. He has all the talent and the body and everything about Teddy Hart. So I've always enjoyed seeing Teddy. I'm so glad that he sort of has resurfaced in this area because for a while there, it seemed like Teddy might be sort of done in this area. But Yeah, for years. Yeah, for years. Yeah, yeah. Right, but I am real. I'm real happy to get to see Teddy around that man. Teddy yeah, and is phenomenal, yeah. and it seems like he's uh, he's just doing GCW. I don't see him. Uh, I don't see him doing any of the show. No, no, you don't. You're right. Not although, well, he was at a Jersey All Pro. I want to say he was at a couple of Jersey All Pro, and he was yeah, at the he, show he didn't wrestle. He didn't wrestle. Right, though. right, right. Yeah, he just sort of did the appearance for the autographs. Um, yeah, you're right, though. And JCW is kind of getting that aura to him where people really, they want to get up there to work for that. I think that's pretty special, man. I, I've said it before, I don't want to, you know, hey, if it sounds like I'm kissing their ass, so be it. Brent and Danny know what I think of them. They've really, they really, they created something great and, I just 
I think I give them props, man. They they really kind of took over around here, in my opinion. I yeah, think well, they sure. are at the top. You know, I don't see. I, I I think they turned it so fast. I mean, they they sort of came up, and then for a brief minute, it was this ultra violent game of GCW CZW, and then CZW couldn't compete. It was so quickly proven. It was sort of a decisive knockout. It was like a Mike Tyson fight back in the day. Right, was, exactly. GCW just won. That was it. Yeah. I mean, TOS versus you know? TOD, you look at it, and it's like, all right, well, that's it. Oh, Game over. Exactly, bro. Game over, right. Exactly. And honestly, CZW has the advantage because they go on last. So they, they know they can top it if they want to, um, if possible. Yeah. I don't know how. Yeah. but um, I know. Yeah. That was but, uh, the thing. GCW, you're right. They made the first move, and it was sort of they said, "Okay, your move now, DJ." And DJ didn't even. I don't know if he didn't try or uh, he couldn't. He yeah, I just. I, I don't it. even think they're interested, dude. They. I mean, they can't top it for one. You can't top that Tremont engage match. That's just. Oh no way! Crazy. Yeah, it's insanity. You're, you're not going to top that at TOD. And um, no. Two, they don't have any interest. I mean, DJ's just. He doesn't give a shit about the, the ultra violence. He's not trying to do that. Yep. You know, yep. it's a complete different yep. product that you're looking at, especially no. after once in a lifetime. Right yeah, dude, after that, it's going to be a different company. But uh, yeah, yeah. one interesting thing, this was a draw. Uh, they beat each other so bad that no one could get up. So they both lost they couldn't the, answer 10 count. the 10 they couldn't, yeah. yeah, they couldn't answer the 10 count. Yeah, yeah. Which is fine with me. So uh, they advertised the rematch at uh, the NGI, I believe, September 16th. Yeah. So, uh, this, I mean, dude, they're going to even kill it even more, man. <laughs> oh, be shoot. Well, just let me say, I'll finish it off with this. I mean, you said it, but I'll say it again. If you didn't get to this show, you better get that DVD, man, because, I mean, for a lot of reasons, this was not a one-match show by any means, but this match, uh, you have to go out of your way. I mean, it was just, it was special. And to be there live, it's just phenomenal. It had that big fight feel. A lot of matches did on the show. They had the big fight feel. And that one did for sure. I think the rematch will too. Yeah, but. I think you watched something special, similar to the to the, you know, Tremont and, and Gage. When you were watching that, you were like, Oh, this is this is a classic. You know, yeah. I kinda felt like that with uh Joey Janella and Teddy Hart. Watching that I was like, Holy shit, they're they're putting on a match that I'm I'm probably gonna talk about in ten years. You know, like this is yeah, a fucking yeah. classic they're putting on. Yeah, that's a classic. Yeah, that's a good way, good word. Absolutely. Uh, finishing, uh, finishing off the show, man. Yeah, talk about it. it was Gage and Riddle. This was the super fight, man. This was what we were. This was what I mean. The drama when this match came out. I don't know about you, man, but first of all, seeing Matt Riddle at Game Changer World, man, that was that was cool. I was excited because this guy is this guy big time in my book. Yeah, and unreal, unreal. Him and Cage, that the stare down, just the look, man. I don't know, man. I had goosebumps, man. That was badass. It was special, man. I mean, the way it started out. I mean, yeah. Did you look at? I don't know, man. Again, once, once again, you know, this is this is like a dream match, and you know, I'm a big sucker for these dream matches. You know, I, I love this. Whether it's like a Gage and Riddle, or whether it's a Supreme and Tremont, you know, I love these yeah. like, weird mashups that they're putting on. Um, sure. Because if I were to run a company, these are the type of matches I would probably put on, you know, because this is what I like. Yep. So, um, yep. I think that they cater to their audience, man, and I think this this match was a 
I don't know, man. I don't know how to feel about it because it was so fucking crazy and like so fucking stiff for for however long yeah. it lasted. It seemed like it lasted like five to seven minutes, not longer. Yeah, um, yeah, it wasn't long, but it was extremely. it was good. I thought, man. Yeah, I mean, dude, when they came in the crowd, I was right there. Those chops, man. I mean, fuck. Yeah, you could see I could fucking hear them skin. The ring. Yeah, yep. you could see skin peeling off, man. I mean, th- those guys beat the shit out of each other. Which uh, wow. exactly what I expected, and um, I was shocked that uh, Matt Riddle took some light tubes. <laughs> it's, it's yep, just, like unheard of. Gage right in the I, face, too. Right in the face, man. Gage, Gage, fucking decked him with with a, with a bundle. Yeah, um, I I didn't expect yeah. that. Um, Gage took I. some of the barbed wire. He took some of the barbed wire board bumps, and uh, they Ray wrapped Riddle it up quickly. Into um, that. Yeah, but uh, what do you think was the reason? that this match was not any longer than it was. Do you think it was a case of them just running out of time? Because uh, I find that hard to believe. Because if they're going into this main event, Matt Riddle, hands down, probably the, the, the most expensive guy on the card. Um, hey, yeah. So yeah. you want his, you want to get your money's worth. You know what I mean? So I figured, like, if they know they got to end the show by 12 or, you know, whatever the case may have been, um, wouldn't you cut, like, a like a, another match shorter? Maybe, like, a Jimmy match? A, a match that a local guy that you guys... You know, every every fucking show. It doesn't matter. You can just do a rematch next time and, and do it much longer. Um, so I find it hard to believe that, that they were running out of time and they had to cut this match short. Um, I know some, some theories are out there that probably, you know, Matt Riddle wanted to cut it short. Uh, maybe the, the tubes bothered him. I don't know what the case was. But uh, I'd lean a little bit more towards that than them having to cut the match short because of, uh, you know, whatever the case, curfew yeah. reasons. That's probably closer to right, and also, but also with what we've been referencing so so many times that how Brett and Danny sort of have their finger on the pulse, and they know how a show. They, I think that Brett especially can feel the rhythms of a show, and that the rhythms. You're right. The crowd, although leading up to it, I I thought, uh oh. The crowd's kind of dead going into the main here. But they brought him right back up. I mean, when they did that suplex, that, that dueling suplex spot where Riddle got Gage and then Gage popped right up and then ran behind Riddle and knocked him, dropped him on his head, the crowd was nuts, man. And that, that I mean, it was as alive as I've heard it. And that's when I thought, wow, they totally have this crowd back. But maybe they might have thought yeah, going into it, Let's not give another 20-minute match because people are tired. You know, people are exhausted, but, but you're right. It, and it, it was so hard-hitting, though, too, that I don't know if they needed to go on much longer, but they really, yeah, that was awesome. That, it, was, it was an insane match. Um, I, I didn't know how Riddle was going to fit in with the, the ultra-violent stuff although he's done a little bit of it and beyond. But so I I didn't necessarily think he couldn't do it. I just didn't know if he was interested in coming in. And I I thought they played it. I thought it was really good when mid-match or early on, Danny and everybody started bringing out the boards and the barbed wire board and Riddle sort of looked around with that face like, what the fuck? And I, I thought I thought he really played it well because it looked to me like Riddle was going. I didn't sign up for this bullshit. I I, lo- I loved that. I thought it was good. It was sort of like, welcome to my world, Riddle. You know, I, I dug it. 
Yeah, it's almost like a like a like you're like bleeding in, in the fucking in the ocean, and there's a bunch of fucking sharks coming up. You know, it seemed like he would he <laughs> exactly kind of reaction. It was just like that's, out of his that's element. That's a great you know? analogy. That's a great analogy, man. That's what it was. Oh, I love it. it sort of like this is Nick Gage's house, man, and and you had Riddle in there, who's this sort of he's at the pinnacle of independent wrestling. Oh yeah. In in my view, and I, I don't know, just man. Yeah, yeah. And, um, th- dude, I was honestly shocked that, uh, he would take the tubes because, you know, you look at him and, and he screams WWE, you know? Sure. So I, sure. I just, I don't understand why somebody, um, like a Matt Riddle would want to risk any scars or anything on, on their body. Cause, um, I mean, let's face right. it, a guy right. like, like Drake Younger, I mean, I, he could have been a guy at least in, on 205 Live. I think the only sure. reason he's probably a referee is probably because of the scars, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so I don't know. I, w- I was shocked that he, uh, he he did this match and kind of went all in. Uh, you, you were right yeah. though. I mean, it was it was a big fight feel to it. I mean, it didn't need to be a twenty minute match. I just would have appreciated like another three four minutes. You know, it just seemed like sure, sure. you know they started out in the ring. You know, suplex, suplex, punch, punch. Went outside. You know, a few chops. Went back in the ring. Light tube spot. Barbed wire spot. Wrapped it up. Yeah, it did wrap up quick. It was it was quick, and uh, of course, you know, Gage got Gage got the pin. And a totally clean pen, and sort of with the, uh, I heard Zandik call one time the machine gun pile driver gauge will do where he'll hit, a, he'll hit the pile driver once and hit it again, then hit it again. But it was a little broken up. But he hit one pile driver, then I think there was a spot in between, then he hit another pile driver on Riddle and got the pen. But they were, they were beautiful pile drivers, man. I mean, everything was, was crisp and perfect, but, you expect it to be with those two, but and and then Riddle said on the mic after he said, "I'll be back. This is my last time here." I hope he's right. Did he? Because I I walked out as soon as yeah. the pin happened. I wanted to I wanted to get in the car. He did say that. He did say that. He said, "This isn't." I'm going to tell you right now. First, he said, uh, "I was okay with." Thank you for having me. This is a little different for me. I was okay with the glass. He was kind of you know. Matt Riddle's kind of a burnout, you know, stoner guy. Right, so right. He was teasing with the crowd, and he said, oh, man, you know, I get what he said. I'll be back. I'm coming back. This in the last year you're going to see me here. So I hope he's right. I'd love to see him back. Yeah, dude. Like the light tube spots, you know. <laughs> exactly. The light tubes. You know, it's a good, good experience, man. I'll be back, dude. I'll be back. Dude, yeah. dude did you notice? You, I wonder if you did. Up at the merch tables, they yeah. were selling. Bowls. They were selling yeah. bowls and shit, bro. <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah, that's yeah. hilarious. Was it his? <laughs> Was that his shit? I don't even know, man. <laughs> that's great. That's I have no idea. That's that's funny you saw that too, because I I just happened to look over and I thought, is that? I had to double take to see in like guys with their usual fucking. Pile of DVDs and T-shirts and shit, and then you look next to it, <laughs> balls. Yeah, that's great, man. But that's hilarious. Yeah, man. But, great uh, show, though, man. Great show as definitely, always. Definitely, uh, definitely check it out when it comes out on Smart Mart Video. And uh, Jeremy, I want to thank you for uh, coming on the show and reviewing this with me. Um, thank you, man. Pleasure as always. Fun as always. But uh, thank you to all the listeners, and we'll be back next Sunday. And uh, I'll be at Once in a Lifetime, so I'll be uh, reviewing Once in a Lifetime, and hopefully they're going to take the fucking ropes down, because I'm, I'm actually worried about that. So we'll see what happens. But uh, 
thank you to all the subscribers and listeners, and thank you, Jeremy, for coming on the show. And uh, we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Peace.